Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, so welcome to episode 12, poetry of some description. I think of a poetic name for it. I didn't actually get to that point. Usually I know what I'm going to call them. Uh, also usually I uh, write notes. I haven't done that today because it's poetry. We And I don't know, I just realized just very, it's all like a metaphor. Everything's a metaphor with poetry. Um, uh, basic, like I was just thinking, oh, it's interesting that I'm, not writing notes. I just felt like I'm not going to do it. And then I kind of reflected, I was thinking about it a bit, like what am I going to talk about? Um, and oh, that's actually quite fitting with poetry that it's kind of, as we're going to talk about, uh, in between the lines of logic. So it's a different kind of understanding, but it's, you know. So in a nutshell, what we're going to do uh, today is uh, I'm going to share some poetry with you that I think is really beautiful and interesting or good in some way. I've got a few different poets, um, uh, some off the top of my head, uh, so uh, others from books I've got here. Um, and then uh, part two, going to talk about why um, anyone should care about poetry and what it can do for you um, and kind of just yeah, get into like, you know, the nature of say, uh, people think, oh, it's all, you know, just nonsense or stupid. But I think a lot of the modern poetry, I'm not actually that into. Some of it's good, but, you know, where it's like, cat, 360 degrees, my mind was my neighbor until she was gone. Oh, that's real profound. Oh, my God. You know, and it's just kind of, I don't really like it. Um, seems like kind of modern art kind of thing. Um, so, but some of that's, Good. Like say, um, Howl, Allen Ginsberg, a lot of that's really good and um, well, the whole thing's good. Uh, but uh, so I can dig it, I can dig that. But in, in general, I prefer kind of more traditional poetry, which is much more like music. And um, it's, you know, it seems like it's not as much in fashion these days, but um, at least in the kind of poetry crowd, I, as far as I'm aware, you know, when I pick up a book of new poetry somewhere, it seems to be more in line with this kind of general bent of our culture in general um away from tradition and trying to be you know new and different and interesting um the church of progress that kind of thing and uh so but i think a lot of people would be able to connect more i think with um some of the the best of the older stuff now some of the older stuff you know i don't like either you know but um anyway so rhyme for example um so we'll talk about that in a bit but like how in moderation i think rhyme and the musicality of poetry is a very almost hypnotizing thing, and it's a very uh, satisfying on some deep level. So that's part two. We're going to talk about kind of what poetry can do for you and kind of uh, just, I don't know, just my thoughts, <laughs> what poetry can do for you. I don't know. Just kind of like w what I think about poetry and um, what I think it is and why I think it's so amazing. And um, it's a big part of my life, you know. Um, and uh, then part three... It's going to be uh, how to write poetry. So I'm going to teach you, you know, how I write poetry. Um, a few ways you can do it. So we're going to do like stream of consciousness poetry. I'm just going to make stuff up. I haven't prepared anything. You know, I'll just make it up. Just like the thing I did before, except better, hopefully. Or definitely. Um, and also more structured stuff like, okay, let, uh, let's make it a a little bit, you know, stream of consciousness, but kind of like a gardener. Okay, 
trim that thing. Nah, that thought doesn't seem very good. What? Oh, oh, that's good. So kind of half stream of consciousness, damned stream of consciousness, canal of consciousness, um, and uh, then uh, uh, more like full on, um, or like kind of rhyming, like structure, like, and I'll show you some tricks for, so you'll, you know, I would love if someone can post poetry in the comments, I would be, that would make me so happy based upon what we're going to talk about today. Um, I want to show you some tricks for how to do it, you know, like um, how to keep going, keep the poem flowing. And, um, and yeah, so like, for example, rhyme structures like A, B, A, B, or, but then if you, um, as we'll talk about, you know, uh, if you're like, oh, I don't have anything that rhymes. Okay, well, you can just change the structures sneakily, bring in a C, right, a new sound, and then, uh, you know, maybe do two of that C, C, and then the go back to A or go back to B. And so um, what do I mean? Wait for later. You'll, you'll see. Um, and, uh, or skip ahead, <laughs> whatever you floats your boat. Um, and, uh, and also just kind of like, you know, the idea of uh, you can kind of take an idea or an emotion and kind of just explore it through poetry. And um, so, yeah, we're going to do that. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, let's see, coming up to three o'clock. Okay. So let's try and do this in like two, two hours. <laughs> Want to hang out with me for two hours? Um, but uh, maybe less. Let's see. We'll see. We'll, I'll leave that up to the good Lord. Yeah. So we're going to begin with some Bob Dylan. Uh, just the first uh, three, they're, they're very fast. Okay. Don't worry. We have one minute of Bob Dylan. Okay. This is, um, who's a poet, of course. Um, this is, uh, it's all right, Ma, I'm only bleeding, right? Darkness at the break of noon, shadows even the silver spoon, the handmade blade, the child's balloon, eclipses both the sun and moon. To understand you knew too soon there is no sense in trying. the next verse. Uh, uh, let's go to the third one. Temptation's page flies out the door. You follow, find yourself at war. Watch waterfalls of pity roar. You feel to move, but on life before you discover you just be one more person crying. So don't fear if you hear a foreign sound to your ear. Oh, it's all right, Ma. I'm only sighing. So, uh, that's the mysterious nature of poetry. Sometimes, it's, a lot of it's about memory. Like, you know, why couldn't I remember the second verse? I always remember the second verse, normally. So, sometimes it's interesting, you know. Um, so, that's a bit of Bobby Dylan. All right. So, moving on to some other poetry. Let's go with uh, 
bit of Robert Frost. I love Robert Frost. Okay, so here's a uh, poem from him. Uh, let's go a, a little short one. Okay, um, uh, nothing gold can stay. Very positive, Robert Frost. All right, but we forgive you for that. Um, well, it's bittersweet, right? Poignant. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. Nice. Here's another equally positive one by him called A Question. A voice said, look me in the stars, men of earth. Um, no, <laughs> look me in the stars and tell truly, men of earth, if all the soul and body scars were not too much to pay for birth. All right, so there we go. Now, let's go, uh, this one, probably my favorite of his, it's called um, uh, Good Hours, or the Good the good Hours. So it is a, it's, this is more beautiful, like, uh, or just, you know, whatever. You need to explore all the emotions, right? But, um, yeah, this one's rather especially beautiful, I think. So, um, as I went for my evening walk, I had no one at all with whom to talk. But I had the cottages in a row, up to their shining eyes with snow. And I thought I had the folk within. I had the sound of a violin. I had glimpses through curtain laces of youthful forms and youthful faces. I had such company outward bound. I went till there were no cottages found. And then repenting and turning back, I saw no light, but that was black. Over the snow my creaking feet disturbed the slumbering village street, like profanation by your leave at ten o'clock of a winter's eve. Mm. Oh, yes. Thank you, Robert Frost. All right. Let's see. What else have I got for you? Um, uh, a little bit of William Blake, who's amazing. So this one is, uh, I'm going to recite for you two of them. Um, uh, let's go, uh, first we'll go the echoing green, okay? Uh, the sun does arise and make happy the skies. The, sky, the merry bells ring to welcome the spring. The skylark and thrush, the birds of the bush, sing louder around to the bell's cheerful sound, while our sports shall be seen on the echoing green. Old Tom with white hair does laugh away care, sitting under the oak among the old folk. They smiling, they laugh at our play, and soon they all say, such, such were the joys, when we all girls and boys, in our youth time were seen on the echoing green. Till the little ones weary, no more can be merry. The sun does descend, and our sports have an end. Round the laps of their mothers, many sisters and brothers, like birds in their nest, are ready for rest, and sport no more seen on the darkening green. All right. Yeah, you know, try and put that into a scientific equation. What's going on there, you know? Like, that's some mystical banana magic you know like what's what's going on um so all right um now auguries of innocence um 
which I think was from his book Songs of Innocence, uh, William Blake again, Auguries of Innocence. It's like this hundred-line poem, more, I don't know, but um, but most of it's kind of in these kind of paired, like, you know, couplet kind of things, like line, line, you know, line. But just a really beautiful poem. It blew my mind when I read it the first time and, you know, the, the subsequent 300 times I read it. Um, and uh, so but what I like about William Blake, I guess, is uh, very vivid imagery um, and just a musicality to it. It's very like um, the way some of you'll hear, you know, some of the, well, it's just then, you know, like in that poem, some of the way the words kind of bounce around and the syllables and the combination of vowels and um, consonants, you know, there's a certain playful um, melodiousness to it that you would note is probably absent from my, you know, uh, pretend contemporary poetry uh, composition at the beginning of this thing about whatever it was. So here we go. See, I can remember chunks of this. I can't remember all of it. Um, but so, you know, let's go. All right. Let's see what the mystical field of memory can conjure up. To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. Okay, something, something, something. Uh, the bleat, the bark, bellow and roar are waves that beat on heaven's shore. Blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, see, a robin red breast in a cage puts all heaven in a rage. Um, uh, um, uh, yeah, so many good ones. Um, um, when gold and gems adorn the plough, to peaceful arts shall envy bow. Um, uh, it is right, it should be so. Man was made for joy and woe. And when this we rightly know, through the world we safely go. Joy and woe are woven fine, a clothing for the soul divine. Under every grief and pine runs a joy of silken twine. Every night and every morn, some to misery are born. Every morn and every night, some are born to sweet delight. Some are born to sweet delight. Some are born to endless night. We are led to believe a lie when we see not through the eye, which was born in a night to perish in a night, while the soul slept in beams of light. God appears, and God is light, to those poor souls who dwell in night, but does a human form display to those who dwell in realms of day. All right, let's hear it for William Blake. Um, so... Yeah, cool stuff. Um, okay, uh, so let's see. We also have, uh, let's see, a, a bit of Shakespeare, slash Edward de Vere, 17th Earl of Oxford, pot potentially, um, given that, if, you, if you're interested, highly anyone who's interested in anything, okay, so if that's you, sign up. 
go read a, a short document on the internet called Doubt About Will. Oh, no, that's the website, doubtaboutwill.com. Um, the document is called Declaration of Reasonable Doubt. Um, and, uh, you know, in a, a court of law, they say you need to prove something beyond reasonable doubt for criminal charges, at least, right? Um, it needs to be like, yeah, there's no reasonable doubt, right? Um, and then their point is that it's really the authorship of Shakespeare's works is um, it's acted, it's like it basically it seems like there's an academic profession in denial, basically, uh, which might sound crazy, but this has happened in other disciplines also. Look at Graham Hancock's work. Um, but, uh, and so where, you know, the geology profession was saying like the Egyptologists, what are they talking about? They're totally wrong. They've got their heads in the sand, um, uh, which has been proved by more evidence now. But um, uh, the, the uh, basically the Shakespeare thing, um, they're saying there's no doubt. We know who, who, you know, but basically, look, a guy, you know, there was a man called William Shakespeare. Uh, There's a little tangent, okay? Um, and I've read poetry, so it's relevant, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a real man, William Shakespeare. Okay, his, he never spelled his name the way we spell it, okay, which is interesting. And um, so, and when Shakespeare was written, it was hyphenated, um, and which was often used for pseudonyms, apparently, um, at that time. But um, but basically, if you look at this document, um, Declaration of Reasonable Doubt, it just goes through saying, look, we're not saying we know anything, but we are saying there is reasonable doubt. 100% there's reasonable doubt. Look at all these things. And they just list a very concise summary uh, of the things that don't make any sense about Shakespeare. For example, uh, his daughters were illiterate. Do you think Shakespeare would not teach his children to read and write? Why are they illiterate? He doesn't want them to read his He didn't read to them. He he did he married you know the person he was married to didn't you know want to take care of the daughters and teach them to read and write. Um, uh, he gave his wife in his will as like a chest of drawers or something, and that's all. Um, none of his plays were part of his will inheritance. Um, there's only six of his um, signatures, and they're all inconsistent. And there've been professional experts saying, yeah, these are almost certainly just written by law clerks, legal clerks. Like, oh, the person couldn't sign, so they, okay, what's your name? Okay, and they write the name. Um, uh, a lot of the source material for his the plays uh, come from books which were not in English at the time of Shakespeare's, um, that these works were written. Um, they were in ancient Greek and things like this and all these other languages. Um, and William, the man from Stratford-upon-Avon, William Shakespeare, um, who basically seems to have been a the, the one hypothesis is that he was a front man for a much more educated nobleman, most likely Edward de Vere, who was very into the arts. He, he was a patron of the arts and the King's Men, um, the theatre company, very, very involved in the arts. He was a poet himself, but it was uncouth and taboo at that time to be involved in the arts if you were an aristocrat. You were meant to be riding around on horses being a, a savage, you know, or like an enlightened savage. But you you weren't meant, it was um, not at all like these days. Oh, it's very sophisticated to be into the arts. Not back then. It wasn't good. And so the theory is he had someone publish his things because he, he couldn't do it himself. It was like a kind of Stasi-like atmosphere. It's very, everyone's watching each other and it's very intense, you know. Um, 
So, uh, but anyway, so I'm reading the poetry, which I think is actually not by um, the man from Stratford-upon-Avon, but from the uh, Earl of Oxford, who spoke all the languages these books were made from, spent a lot of time in Italy. A lot of the plays are set in Italy and have uh, apparently um, very specific references to geography and things and customs. And there's all these like legal metaphors and all these things that normal people wouldn't know, but Edward de Vere was one of the most educated people in the history of it, it, at that time, basically. Um, so anyway, I, I'm going to read you what I would say is uh, the poetry of Edward de Vere. Although I could be wrong, you know. All right, here we go. Uh, so I just opened this randomly um, before, and uh, there was one which was quite nice, so, okay. So oft have I invoked thee for my muse, and found such fair assistance in my verse, as every alien pen hath got my use, and under their, thee their posy disperse. Thine eyes that taught the dumb on high to sing, and heavy ignorance aloft to fly, have added feathers to the learned wing, and given grace a double majesty. Yet be most proud of that which I compile, whose influence is thine and born of thee. In others' works thou dost but mend thy style, the style, and arts with thy sweet graces graced be. But thou art all my art, and dost advance, as high as learning my rude ignorance. So that's getting even deeper, right, into that kind of musicality and like the um, the rhyme. It's a very tight rhyming scheme. That's a sonnet, right? So it's like 14 lines and the last two are kind of indented for some reason, right? I think maybe the number of syllables is different because Shakespeare would often be... And, you know, I love Shakespeare, right? But I believe that is a pseudonym for another person. But like, I can still say Shakespeare, whatever, you know. Um, so other people think it might be Francis Bacon um, or I think Christopher Marlowe. There's a few other theories. Or that it might have been a group of people. Or it could be a combination of these things. But um, yeah, whatever. Um, so uh, yeah, like Shakespeare would write an iambic pentameter like a lot of the time, right? Which is like, um, so five... Um, I think an I am is like, da-da, you know, it's like, uh, as far as I, I, I'm not like educated in this properly, so I don't really know, but, um, but it'd be like, da-da, 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 da like, to be or not to be, that is the question, to whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or take up arms against a sea of troubles, and something, 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 um, yeah, all right, so, um, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, a bit of other Shakespeare? I do know um, a bit of a... I can't quite remember, but let's see. From The Merchant of Venice, which is very beautiful. Um, the Quality of Mercy be is a good one for all those culture warriors out in the US. Shout out to the angry brothers and sisters in space. Um, the Quality of Mercy be not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that receives. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. It becomes the throned monarch better than his crown. His scepter shows the force of temporal power, the attribute of emperors and kings. But mercy lies beyond this sceptered sway. 
It is enthroned in the heart of God himself. And something, something, mortal men, something, something, um, and the angels doth something, something, when, when, um, when mercy seasons justice. Yeah, lovely. All right. So, um, Here's a one. Um, your man, um, Yates. So W. B. Yates, Irish. No Irish accent. Shall I do it in Irish accent? Sailing to Byzantium. That is no country for old men. The young in, e in one another's arms. Birds in the trees. Those dying generations at their song. The salmon fathers, the mackerel crowded seas. Fish, flesh, or fowl. Commend all summer long, whatever is begotten, born and dies, caught in that sensual music, all neglect, monuments of unaging intellect. All right, I'll take off my dirty um, central Dublin accent, or whatever that was. Sailing to Byzantium, that is no country for old men. The young in one another's arms, birds in the trees, those dying generations at their song. The salmon falls, the mackerel crowded seas. Fish, flesh, or fowl, commend all summer long. Whatever is begotten, born, and dies. Caught in that sensual music, all neglect. Monuments of unaging intellect. An aged man is but a paltry thing. A tattered coat upon a stick, unless. Soul clap its hands and sing, and louder sing. For every tatter in its mortal dress nor is there singing school but studying monuments of its own magnificence. And therefore I have sailed the seas and come to the holy city of Byzantium. O sages standing in God's holy fire, as in the gold mosaic of a wall, come from the holy fire, pern in a gyre, and be the singing masters of my soul. Consume my heart away, sick with desire, and fastened to a dying animal, it knows not what it is, and gather me into the artifice of eternity. Once out of nature I shall never take my bodily form from any natural thing, but such a form as Grecian goldsmiths make of hammered gold and gold enamelling, to keep a drowsy emperor awake, or set upon a golden bough to sing to lords and ladies of Byzantium of what is past, or passing, or to come. 1927. Nicely, nicely played there, WB Yeats. Um, so, all right, so that's a bit of poetry. I mean, it's all kinds of poetry. I think, so what's that? We got uh, Edward, uh, Shakespeare, Shakespeare de Vere. Um, uh, so William de Vere, or should I say uh, uh, Edward Shakespeare? Okay. Um, uh, Bob Dylan, uh, Yeats, Robert Frost, William Blake. Um, so that's five. <clears throat> Going to give you some of my own, but we want a nice round seven, don't we? So what else can we conjure up? Um, good poetry. Um, uh, hmm. Oh, uh. Oh, what's that one? Um, it's like uh, the love song of J.R. Arthur Prufrock by uh, um, 
T.S. Eliot. It's like, um, I just remember a little phrase from it, but that's really interesting. And that's more like um, breaking. It still has some rhyme and musicality to it, but it's that's more like contemporary, like breaking the structures and stuff. And I kind of, that's probably some of the, that kind of stuff that I like the most. So um, parts of it, it's like, um, uh, do I dare distu- disturb the universe? In a minute, there is time for decisions and revisions, which a minute will reverse. Um, I have measured my life out in coffee spoons, uh, like in the room where women come and go, speaking of Michelangelo. Da, da, da. I can't remember none of it. But um, <coughs> that, that's kind of it's a bit scattered, like the organization of it anyway, which is kind of interesting, but it has certain repeating refrains, you know. All right, so my poetry a little bit. Um, here's one called Alchemy, which kind of captures, for me, the essence of poetry and art in general. But it's kind of like a way of transcending the normal perspective on things and getting really to the heart of the matter. So, um, and of course, alchemy was all about transforming lead to gold. Um, but that's the physical side of it. But it seems like there's some pretty good evidence that um, that was, at least later on, um, being used as a front for people who were expanding their consciousness and trying to rise up above, become a spirit, remember that they are spiritual beings instead of just being, you know, trapped in your body and thinking you are your body and your mind when, you know, that doesn't really make sense if you go into it too deeply. Um, uh, so uh, that they, but then the church and the authorities weren't, you know, they were like oh, a bit leery of getting crucified or, you know, whacked by the Spanish Inquisition or whatever. So they were like, yeah, we're just trying to make gold. Gold, all right, let us know if you if you figure it out. <laughs> um, that's a useful thing for someone to be doing. Yeah, keep it up. We'll come take it if you make any. Um, so, yeah, try and take out consciousness. See how that works. Um, how can you take something that you don't have but that you are? So, uh, yeah, um, alchemy. A thousand grains of truth. Blasted in art's furnace. Fashion a window in the wall of limited experience that passers by may see trembling vistas of eternity. Mm. Cool. Um, all right. Uh, now, here's one that I, I cannot remember off the top of my head from myself. Uh, it's a strange thing, you know, write something you can't remember at all. Although maybe it's strange that you can, I can remember as much as I do, but um, although some people can remember a lot more, but, but it's something you practice. Like um, I think, I mean, I'm sure it takes practice. I started um, learning in uh, high school for English, like literature class, and also for uh, drama class. Um, I started uh, memorizing the lines. And um, so I'm going to talk about how to do that as well. Um, in the kind of how-to of poetry, I guess. But, um, or, or maybe I'll just tell you now because we might you know, get to it. But, um, but basically, I think you can build on the skill. I did it when I was a teenager, so that may have set the pattern. It may have made it easier for me. Or maybe naturally, you know, some people are better able to remember stuff. I don't know. Like, um, you know, Bob Dylan can just remember like a million different lines and some people can't. Like, what's with that? Maybe it's a spiritual thing, a like kind of the memory capacity of your soul or something. I don't know. Um, but, uh in any case, um, what I would do is you read one line, okay, then you read the next line, okay, 
read the next line, read the next line. I'd go in fours, right? Maybe that's because I had a thing with the number four when I was a kid. My, my brother too, um, possibly OCD, boundary, flirting with like just, oh, the number four and 16 and 64. But that worked for me, you know, um, nice round, you know, units of four. So memorize them. Okay, one, two, three, four, read them and then look away and try to say them. And when you get, oh, I can't remember, glance back at it. Oh, yeah, okay. Then start again. Okay, so you go through line one, line two, halfway through line three, you guess, I think, blah, 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 look back. Oh, yeah, I'm right. Or, oh, no, it's wrong. It's this. Okay, this. Okay. And then, all right, cool. Then maybe you, you, you look away again, go from the beginning. One, two, three. Perfect. Four, yeah, you know. So make, just keep going, look away and try and test yourself. Um, so to make sure instead of just reading over and over, you need to look away from it or close your eyes. And um, and you can f literally or physically uh, vocalize it or you could do it in your mind. Um, and, uh, you know, it's by testing, it's like going to the gym, testing your muscles, they grow. You're testing your capacity to remember. remember. And so in general, you are specifically remembering this, whatever you're learning, but you're also building up that muscle, that part of the brain, that, um, and it gets used to it. And so you're able to do it. It's faster and faster. It accelerates your ability to do it. So um, like uh, now after doing this like a lot, you know, I can memorize stuff pretty quick-ish. Um, uh, and I think everyone can with practice. So, and then, so you do four lines, right? And then you do the next four. Okay, I've got that. I can do it. All right, move on to lines five, six, seven, and eight. Do the same thing, rinse and repeat. Once you've got that perfect, don't move on to line uh, nine. You go back, do line one to eight. Do those two blocks together. Okay, once you've got those two blocks together, move on to the third block of four. You do that. And then once you've got that perfect, all right, um, go back from the beginning. Um, so you're going one to 12 now. Um, and you keep doing that. Um, if that gets a bit tricky, you could start going back, like say you're doing block, you know, 25, 6, 7, and 8, 25 to 28, you know, you might just do that and then go back and do the one previous. And so you might start dividing it like, look, I've got the beginning thing sorted. That's all fine. I'll just go back two blocks. I'll go, I'll go back eight lines and go from there. So, and then, yep, I can attach that to it. Okay. So now that's part of that block. And, and so you're just kind of consolidating and making sure you know the flow, what leads to what. And eventually you can have like hundreds of lines of poetry in your head because you know what leads to what. You know where it begins and um, you know what came before, you know, and so it just flows naturally. Um, so uh, anyway, so maybe I'm going I'm to go and do that with my own poetry, which would be interesting actually, get more, more of it in my mind because, uh, you know, not all of it's there. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. This one's called auguries of experience. So, which is a kind of like reference and, um, I don't know, like, a sh showing reverence, bowing at the feet of, um, William Blake. Cause, um, he had, had another book of poetry called songs of experience. He had songs of innocence, um, and songs of experience as the books. And then he had a poem called auguries of innocence. So I'm, Auguries of experience, you know, and it's a similar kind of vibe to it. Anyway, hope you enjoy. Here we go. Let wisdom flow like a wizard's robes, like starry milk in the open sky. Fill me a cup of rainbow light, pour myself into its draining. I close my eyes and I awake. I open them and the dream awaits. Nothing to do but to do nothing. 
There is no struggle but to surrender. It's called give and take because giving comes first, like a smile for a stranger or gold for the purse. Our prayers are awaiting our own approval, and God's patient giggling is ready to burst. One's own spells of karma bind the soul to sorrow till grace grows kind. When love of God moves me to give amid pain, heightened heart a grounded mind reclaims. Soul coming full circle, heavens in wild flowers, are seen by seers who weave such dreams. Colours and shades wander at their neighbours, lines and curves flirt with forbidden pages. Libraries of peace and arenas of war are atriums of opulence in diversity's lore. Courage and honour are so passé, but cowardice fixes what wasn't broken. Man is woman and woman man, unless a dress is to be cold pants. Laughter irks a living from nil, seriousness is poor, can't stand still. Sine waves circle from a point of view, language filters salt from sand. Tides may wash the rocks to dust, but still both cling to sphered earth crust. Innocence I love, my tender strength, to flow with the go, loving at length. Eloping from the moment of life, mind cages conscious light. Poignant tears for passing clarify, to lucid love the one world I. Fear of failure is fear to succeed, and hope no doubt needs belief. Magic is real. Magic is love, heavenly presence so below as above. Subtle has a bee inside, once spoken twice heard a rare delight. Rhymes and rhythms cast down from the tower, still poetry sings at its finest hour. Praise be William Blake and Nero's Neptune, for fortune smiles upon its beholders. May we each be strong enough to face every other soul's wild will with grace. Amen. Right, oh. So there's seven poets. Uh, some poetry for you. Hope you enjoyed. Now, um, yeah, so let's talk about the whys and wherefores of poetry. So after a little drink of water. Go, go have yourself a little drink. Go on. You deserve it. You've been working hard. Not me. You. Yeah. Ah, is the gurgling of that water poetry? Does that count? Well, in a way, you could say that's poetry. You could say the sun rising is poetry in the meaning of it, that it's beautiful, perhaps in a sense that you can't quite pin, pin down. So that's one way to say, oh, it's just poetry. Oh, the, we just met on a train. We... It was total coincidence, in air quotes. Um, and we got married, fell in love. It was just poetry. What does that mean? Why are we, why are we using the word poetry for that? that poetry is just rhyming or not rhyming, as the case may be. I think it's like deep down, intuitively, we understand poetry is this sort of, it's a type of meaning that our consciousness can apprehend, but it's less, um, it's, um, uh, it's not HD. It's a more pixelated or lower definition um, it, or more zoomed out, you could say, you know, the forest, not the trees. Or, But it's not just the big picture. It's just it's a, a certain loose gaze 
instead of like a sharp, you know, paying attention. Um, so imagine a photograph where you could blur it or a painting. Am I going to put in lots of detail or am I going to kind of keep it a bit simple? That's kind of like poetry. It's kind of, I mean, and this isn't, there's just one way to put it. It is this and it isn't this, what I'm saying, you know, but kind of like a blurred lens or something, which you can still see colors and shapes, but it's different to the normal thing. And it might, your mind might make different connections. Oh, that thing almost looks like this. Oh, that's interesting how that works, you know. Um, but it's like reading between the lines. That's poetry, I think. Um, and, you know, connecting the dots and implication. And there's so many things that um, language can't quite encapsulate, like logical, analytical language, uh, like what I'm using right now. Um, there's things that, that, and that's what poetry does. It's like more of a, a right brain thing. Yeah, like... Um, global kind of awareness awareness of interconnectedness um the feminine more than the masculine um more intuitive than logical i think or intellectual um so like here's something i thought of once right um uh language no, what, what is it something like um uh a language by definition can't um explain itself because it's part of the explanation. Is that what I was trying to think? Um, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, interesting. I can't quite remember that insight I had. But, uh, uh, yeah, but anyway. But, you know, you think about, like, words, right? What do words mean? Okay, horse. Uh, a mammal that runs really fast. Okay, what, is, uh, what does fast mean? All right, look it up. Fast means moving quickly. Oh, what does moving mean? Changing position. Okay, let's look at position. What's position? Uh, space, uh, location in space. Oh, interesting. What is space? Space is the field of possibility. Ah, field. What's that? Field is uh, an expanse of grass or other vegetation um, uh, upon which horses might run. Oh, horse. What's a horse? You know, um, every you look at a dictionary, there's nothing outside the dictionary. So all the words, the very bedrock of our language, the words that we are stringing together into sentences and paragraphs and essays and books and civilizations and um, stories and understandings and poetry, um, all of this, it's all self-referential. It's a closed system. It's a um, circular argument, you could say. How, in a way, all arguments are circular because the words you're using for them are all from the same book, and they're all self-defining each other. So how can you have an argument if you don't know what the definitions are? Now, the, the reason why things aren't totally self-defining, um, I think, is because we, we have direct perception of reality. Reality is not words. Words are part of reality. And um, so I can look at something and then use words as a tool to paint a picture. It's like you can have paints and a paintbrush, and then you paint the mountain that you see. You know, there's a difference between the painting and the mountain, um, you know. And uh, so, by the way, Joy of Painting, Bob Ross, go, go check that out if you want to learn how to paint or just be extremely relaxed by, oh, they'll put a little happy tree there. Uh, they'll be, our, you know, our little friend. He'll just hang out there. Um, it's amazing on YouTube. You can see a lot of them. He shows you how to paint really easily. Anyway, um, so uh, words, they're kind of painting pictures, um, you know. And uh, logical, you know, Logic is, has a place. It's kind of capturing patterns. It's um, apprehending interconnections between phenomena, um, and that's very useful, of course. That kind of what you could say, I don't know, relational 
um, understanding or, um, you know, uh, yeah, you're modeling reality. You're cutting reality up into a billion pieces and then pointing out how the pieces relate. But technically, you know, it's all one. Um, and so it's kind of an illusion, but it's an, a useful illusion. Um, and so, you know, or maybe it's a, just a paradox. Like maybe it is separate and it's a unity, uh, united at once. Anyway, poetry basically picks up the slack that um, analytical understanding can't quite handle. And that would be, you know, that's, but it also has a different purpose, I think. It's kind of just a natural intuitive expression, a way, it's like um, uh, so, something I, I don't know, something that um, I was told by the sky recently. <clears throat> Poetry is silence overflowing. From humble, clumsy lips, such as yours and mine. And it often does feel like poetry is this collective intelligence, this cosmic consciousness, just kind of overflowing through the gaps when the humans just stop thinking every now, every now and then. It kind of comes through. And <coughs> when I'm trying to, or when I am writing poetry, what, the basic thing, what I do, how I produce it is, it's not like thinking. There's a bit of that, but mostly that's like the second part of it. Um, the main thing is I just become still. I stop thinking. That's where, look at the episode, episode seven, Awakening, you know? Um, uh, entering silence, mental silence, where the inner dialogue, the voice in your head stops talking, and you kind of just feel your body and feel your emotions and your heart. Um, just kind of sink in, riding this wave, almost like you're in the ocean and you're swimming around and then you just stop swimming. Ah, suddenly you notice that you weren't the only thing moving you. There is this other kind of rhythm of up and down. The waves are kind of rocking me like a little baby. And um, you can position yourself and you can ride the wave. And I guess that's kind of what I do and I think artists do when we are creating is you're riding this wave. It's it's in a way, it's coming from you because you're the one who got yourself in the right position and who knows how to swim at the right speed to catch the wave, etc., and how to do certain tricks on top of the wave or turn or whatever. Um, I'm sure the wave is happy that we're doing these things in the right way so we can play along with it. But, um, but ultimately, the main force is mostly not us. It's mostly coming from the great beyond, you know, um, and Mother Nature, you know, uh, Father Cosmos or Mother Cosmos. Um, yeah, so, but poetry, um, so it is this way of kind of understanding things a different way, more um, intuitive, uh, heart-centered way. Although it's not all about love and rainbows or whatever, or like, you know, spirituality even, you know, there's all kinds of it. But I think what it has in common, um, all the types, even poetry that I don't really like very much, what all of them have in common is that it's kind of like a, it's a, what would you call that, lateral thinking or something? It's like a kind of coming in from a different angle, you know, and I think that complements, you know, one hand washes the other, you know, um, no sweet without sour, you know, kind of yin-yang balance kind of thing, like, uh, well, no sweet without sour doesn't quite work actually, but um, they're, you know, they're complementary, these two so I think people are, oh, why should I, similar to why p people who are like, I read nonfiction, why would I read novels? That's just made up stuff. That doesn't make any sense. Who cares? It never happened. It's like, yeah, but it's pointing out patterns 
that exist in the real world. And you can read the stories, you can read the Harry Potter books, and as I did when I was a kid, and it helped me avoid a lot of problems and helped me take a lot of opportunities. So I went, ah, I, I noticed that from the story. It was presented very clearly and interestingly and beautifully. Um, and uh, so I, I got the, the lesson and I understood the principle of uh, when these sort of events line up, then these are some options of how people react and these are some of them are better than others. And so you can have a better life. Just, you know, reading is like living on fast forward. You know, you can kind of take all these lessons and use that as feedback into your own life. And that's what art's doing in general. And then that allows us to live better. And then that allows people to create better art because a rising tide lifts all boats, you know. Um, and then they create better art and it comes back to us and we take, you know, we become better people. And there's a virtuous cycle. There's a vicious cycle when there's not enough art. So I think if you're an artist out there, I don't know, I can have fun, but yeah, I don't know. Like if you're like, oh, what's the meaning of everything? You can like, you know, I think there's a great possibility to help people, you know, um, maybe, you know, and maybe your art's not even that good, but at least you could try with practice. You could probably get good, you know, and um, maybe it's not even discovered till like a hundred years from now or something. Cool. But whatever, you know, at least you've enjoyed it um, and you've up, you've made yourself happier and wiser, hopefully. Um, and then you're definitely affecting others through that alone. But then also if other people discover it next year, next century, whatever, then, you know, you can have that beautiful divine role of that feedback loop of experience and representation through whether it's like um, more logical representation through like writing, you know, nonfiction or, you know, more poetic through like say fiction and then actual poetry. Um, and I think, you know, it just poetry like can have such a profound effect upon my um, state of mind. Like, um, uh, it's like a reminder, a reminder of these different, you know, of the deeper truths. That I think a lot of the truths, they're not quite within our range, right? So if we try to understand them logically, we can't get close to it. But if we use um, uh, poetry, we can actually touch them. But what, So we're sacrificing clarity for breadth or um, uh, reach. Yeah. So we've got better reach, but maybe uh, just lower clarity. But um, that's a great thing. Okay, go between them. Keep. I, got, you know, I can understand this circle of stuff, this sphere of phenomena um, very well through logic. Okay, cool. I'm just going to do that forever. No, let's go into a poetic frame of consciousness and experience, um, just ex reading poetry and hearing it. Um, the music does that a lot as well, but, um, or creating it if you can, that's even more powerful. Um, then, um, and then you're going to extend your reach into your connection with the universe and life, you know, and, uh, you know, who doesn't want that? You know, that's like a, the best thing you could have. Um, and, uh, you're, you're more alive, you know, you're more connected, you're more, you know, more of life, you know, you are familiar, you're feeling more of life. Um, there's more life in you, in your world, you know? And so, and yeah, and uh, it's kind of, I think uh, poetry, yeah, can lead you to expand your awareness in that way um, and your happiness and, you know, stability or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I, okay. I think that's probably catches that. Um, let's see. Poetry of Water. Now, um, 
what else do we have to say here about poetry? So, uh, and you know, I guess some people just aren't into it and that's fine, but I think a lot of people could be into it, but they have an idea that it's boring or something, you know? Um, and it's like, you know, check it out, see, um, you know, what you think. Um, but it might take a while for you to find people you're into, but yeah, I, uh, kind of like these older kind of thing. Like I think some other people I like were, um, I should read more poetry really, but, um, uh, Wordsworth was cool. William Wordsworth. Um, how doth the golden crocodile improve his shining tail by pouring the the waters of the Nile on every golden scale? Um, something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. How doth the little crocodile? Yeah, something like that. Um, and uh, I don't remember this. Who else is good? Uh, Keats. I like bunch of his stuff um on autumn it's really beautiful uh but yeah anyway check it out um poetry another part of that i think is memory which is interesting because uh right now you know i think i feel like oh there's something i was going to say but i can't remember because i was like yeah just let it loosey-goosey you know like poetry um and uh but memory like the if you are apart from the fact that poetry is kind of reminding you of these deeper aspects of things that we can get out of touch with when we're living in our heads all the time. Um, uh, and even if you're not living in your head, I think, you know, people like some living sage or whatever could read poetry and go, oh, yes, that's right, you know, probably bring back something. Um, they might not have quite had as clearly in their experience, as, you know, in a while. But, um, but when you're reciting poetry and learning to recite it, which is a really fun thing, um, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I really like that. Um, I think it's very powerful that tr I think not only is it amazing that you can just pull it out for yourself or for others, you know, to share that it's a great gift. I think one that I'm very grateful for that for some reason, the universe, you know, and, and I guess my experiences where, Oh, I'm doing this class and that class and I end up getting exposed to it. I'm not growing up in like a Somali village and being illiterate and never having that, you know? So, um, but, uh, what it does to you, I think, apart from that is it seems to like, yeah, it's like um, almost, I can't, I don't know, but it feels like you're, like I said, improving your powers of memory in general. But then I think there's spillover between that and it's not just for poetry. It's like your ability to remember other things. Remember, you know, people who are trying to trick you or something. And on a deep level, you're like, hmm, why do I feel like something weird's going on? And maybe it's just because on a deep level, you've been nourishing your connection to memory. And so there's better pattern recognition. You know, this person said something different six months ago. That doesn't quite make sense. That's just something that pops into my head, you know, or, um, or just in general, um, having memory, the ability to stay sane and remember that from the big picture, everything good, something is better than nothing. Um, of course, some people make the choice to, that they believe nothing is better than something and they, tried it but i think i mean i don't know i mean yeah i wouldn't want to be disrespectful but i i believe um that uh yeah for or from my point of view <laughs> okay these are just words but from my point of view that is um someone who's not in touch with themselves it's someone who's kind of in a dream state their heart or their soul is not quite at the wheel um and uh their mind as they, they believe they are their mind. And so then if you follow that for a long, very deep, 
uh, things get desperate and, you know, some people, it seems, want to end it. Perhaps there's other aspects to it I'm not aware of as well, but that seems to be a lot of it. It's like hell, life becomes hell because when you can't step outside your mind. And that's something poetry can help, I think, you know, get outside of that logical, just constant thinking frame, you know, frame of consciousness. Um, so, and, uh, yeah, and of course it's just beauty, beautiful, you know. So you can't just, this, at the end of the day, why should we care about poetry and what's the point of poetry and what is poetry? The the, the, the best answer I can give is like, ah, oh, you know, who knows? Like, but it sure is beautiful, that's for sure. That I can say that and in a way all language is an illusion uh, or not quite true because, you know, it's signpost pointing, it's a painting of the mountain, it's not the mountain itself. Or as the Buddhists say, it's don't mistake the finger pointing at the moon for the moon itself. You know, so if I say hat, if you say hotter, or you say um, what is it in French? Uh, chapeau. Uh, oh, wait, which one is it? Well, they're all signposts. There's only one thing, and it's none of them. It's just this. It's just what it is. And even what we see, it's not quite that. Like my eyesight's not that good, so what I see is different to what you see. So what? There's two of them. Which one's real? It's just kind of, it is what it is. And we have, we're seeing reflections of these things through language, through um, the five senses. And, uh, but anyway, all right. So it's a little bit about the, my thoughts about poetry, I suppose, the context of poetry. Um, so let's uh, get into, so let's see, let's talk about memory. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Let's get into making some poetry, all right? So I'm going to live make poetry for you good people um, and uh, show you some tricks about like how to make it yourself. And uh, yeah, don't be shy. You know, if you've ever like, I don't, maybe you already make poetry, you know, um, if you do share, share your poetry in the comments or send it to me on social media or whatever, you know? Uh, so yeah, I would love to read, you know, your poetry. And, uh, and even if you think, and the thing is, so, okay, there are a few things to say with poetry, uh, other things. Like, um, sometimes you doubt yourself. Sometimes you think it's amazing, sometimes you think it's terrible, and that can be kind of confusing. But, oh, who am I to be thinking I'm going to put this out there? That's fine. You know, I took a long time before I went, shared poetry. You know, I, um, I'm still in the process of, you know, going about getting it published. Um, I haven't sent it out to any publishers. I've sent it into, like, competitions before, but never got anything published but um uh but you know you can but um but i really like my poetry and i know there's a bunch of people who are like me they're similar to me and when i read poetry to people from there um so that's the thing you can t you know start to dip your toes and offer it to someone if it if it comes up and see how you know they react but i think even if everyone's like oh yeah not really into it it could still be good um but it's just maybe you haven't met the kind of people who resonate on your Vi um, your wavelength in terms of poetry you might read me some poetry and I go oh yeah it's okay I'm not a big fan um, and you might not be a big fan of mine but meanwhile there could be thousands of people around the world who think you know that they're, they're really good um, so I think the thing is you just create it create what you think is good and what makes you feel good um, and uh, you know let the pieces fall where they may and um, uh just keep in mind that it's all kind of relative poetry 
I mean, to some extent, this objective like merit, like some stuff is clearly just, wow, there's something about that, like William Blake and stuff like, geez, something's Shakespeare, like, geez, wow, you know? But um, I think there's quite a lot of uh, wiggle room for like, well, you know, you're saying something there. It's a kind of unique expression, so of someone's soul in the symbols of uh, inky shapes and um, vibrating voice box, you know, voice boxes. Um, so, yeah, just I think it's good to – and in the creative process, what I generally do, I was going to say this before, is I get I become still and silent and then I, I create. I kind of – usually I kind of connect to a feeling and, um, and that kind of just – it's almost like it writes itself. Like it re- literally is. feels like – it's like that wave, you know, um, and uh, catching the wave. And so uh, – but I let it flow – but then later on, I might um, go through and uh, bring in the intellect more, you know, and go, okay, mm, actually, I think I should change that a bit. Maybe I, I wasn't right, quite riding the wave that well at that point. It kind of seems like it's lost the feeling a bit. Or maybe I was riding the wave, but oh, it kind of doesn't, that thing changed topic too quickly. It doesn't quite work. It's, it's not going to be pleasant for the reader. It's going to stop their experience. It's going to be jolting. It didn't jolt me for whatever reason. Um, uh possibly because Mary Jane was involved, which actually makes me much better at writing poetry in general, although it's not always, I don't need it to write poetry, but like, uh, you know, for me, that's a great tool for writing poetry. If I, you know, um, it's, it's almost, it's very likely I want to think of some, some poetry, which I really think I really like um, if I'm, you know, imbibing certain Indian cigarettes. Anyway, side note, um, use responsibly, good people. Um, but, uh, so, uh, I will go maybe make some edits there. Um, I might just make the whole thing, just let it flow and totally. And then later on go back and edit it and expand it or change things, remove things, you know, um, combining things. The thing I read before auguries of experience, uh, yes, auguries of experience. Um, that is actually a compilation of a huge number of different, um, little scraps of poetry that, I'd entered into my phone while on a on buses and walking all over the place and or running and oh I got some a cool line popped into my head and I just kept notes of it and then at some point I went through took a lot of scraps and put them together and turned them into poems um, and I guess like last year and so that's where that thing came from it's just a huge amalgamation of these little things um, so you can do that but or you know and certain poems right like ah it's kind of good might not nah it's not really good enough you know sometimes that happens it's um, just Guinness through the pipes. They say apparently the best Guinness is where people are drinking constantly, <laughs> and uh, which might be everywhere, you might think, but no. Um, where um, it kind of keeps the pipes clean because the Guinness is always flowing, something like that, and so it tastes better. Might be an urban myth, I don't know. Um, but and it's a nice metaphor, though, for creativity, where if you just keep creating regularly, constantly, um, there's just less friction. Um, you're just your mind is more ready and available to ride the catch those waves, and so that's a big thing you can do is just show up, just write, write, write. You know, just be there or do, create whatever you're doing, and then let the universe take care of the rest of it. Like it just starts to fall into place. Um, and I think that's true with a lot of things. If learning things like learning languages, just just practice it. Be as you know smart as you can with what you're learning. But the main thing is just consistency. Just show up. Same thing with working out or whatever. Um, 
just show up, make it regular. Like there's no choice. I already made the choice. I'm always, I'm going to be here I'm doing it every day or whatever it is, or three times a week, you know? Um, I think that's what Stephen Pressfield calls, uh, the war, uh, the going pro. You're like, you know, like, this is what I do. You know, I'm doing this. Um, there's no choice anymore. Um, how good will it be? Well, it depends on the muse, you know, the mysterious influx of inspiration, but, uh, you know, like uh, I'm here, so I'm ready. I'm doing my part, all I can do, you know. Um, and uh, he talks about, uh, he has a, a book, great book called The War of Art. So instead of the art of war, what's that? Lao Tzu? No, that, no, Sang Tzu, I think. Sang something. Lao Tzu is the uh, Tao Te Ching, I think. Anyway, um, but the, yeah, instead of the war, the art of war, it's the war of art and about how to make, make art and specifically dealing with resistance and this mysterious force within us which seems to want nothing better than to just sabotage our attempts to create. And it does seem to be like that sometimes. So if you're interested, if you're struggling with creating, it's a small book but very powerful, nice little short little snippets, little chapters, and uh, it's really, really cool. It's something, there's a funny line there. Um, he's talking about resistance and you know the muse and how you know resistance kind of stops us from creating and we'll try to make excuses and you know it'll hold a gun to your head and threaten you like a, a gangster and then um, guilt trip you like your mother or whatever it is. You know? um, and, uh, but then near the end of the paragraph, he's like, um, don't believe in resistance. Resistance will bury you. <laughs> Love it. It's very like punchy and like very um, practical book. Anyway, um, so yeah, okay. So, and even while I'm writing poetry, there's a, a bit of a balance in the middle of the poem, I might kind of go, all right, let's reread this, where we're going from, like, I feel like I don't know what it's about anymore. It was just a feeling. Sometimes I know I have an intention, an idea. I'm going to write about this feeling or the fact that, you know, maybe certain governments are compromised and a, a global corporate um, oligarchy seems to be descending upon us and everyone's busy on their phones thinking that that's just crazy talk. Um, and hey, I be great if it was crazy talk it doesn't seem like it too much um but uh i don't see the downside in checking i do see a great downside in presuming everything's fine and not checking anyway say something like that i wrote um a i wrote a poem called uh sundial is it dark times overshadow the shimmering now uh kind of like the metaphor of a, a sundial like the blade of the shadow moving around as you know natural cycles but the idea of this the darkness um and light the balance between them and how you know the time and just um being overshadowed by this kind of blade-like looming presence whatever and yet you know everything being you know it's just part of the the dance of the spheres and the celestial music it's all perfect you know um so sometimes i'll have like a kind of idea of what i want to do um and kind of, and sometimes they're more philosophical. Like I have them exploring an idea, or kind of just like there's just some theme. It's not so much. It's just like I don't know um, about like a, a friendship or something that's happened, or a situation, or a person. You know, um, and uh, you know could express it from there, following that as a guiding star. Um, and so, um, and in those cases. Or it could be something more, just more like I just let it go and just see where, where it goes, you know, and I'll figure out what it means later or maybe it means nothing. Or, and that is what it means, you know, um, 
or maybe you know it will be open to mean to many different interpretations you know um but uh it, when i have a kind of idea of where it's going um either because i started off with a, an idea or because i'm just it's kind of flowing and i'm kind of going oh, i see what it's kind of saying and then i want to keep it it's already making sense i don't want to just suddenly make it not make sense um let's try and complete the idea um that'll upgrade the poem then um i will think i'll reread it go Maybe if I'm really in the moment, I won't reread it. Maybe I'll just keep, let it keep flowing. But if I go, hmm, sometimes I go, okay, I need, I'll read back from the beginning and I read through it and then that will re refresh my memory. And I go, okay, and this, aha, uh -huh, this can, it can go this way. Yes. Or maybe, oh, should say that? Hmm. And I might write down two options and then follow it and see hmm, if I, I could say that and then this or that or the other one, I could follow up with that. Yeah, that's nice. I like that more. I'll do that, you know, and you can follow it you might take a line that you deleted and insert it later and go, oh yeah, cool. So there's a bit of the intellectual, analytical, crafty, craft work kind of consciousness involved as well because um, you are building something basically. You're building um, a conceptual, linguistic, uh, symbolic, auditory, visual, uh, emotional object. <laughs> um and uh, that's the poem, you know, and uh, it's like a little structure you've created, you know, same with music and whatever, movies. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, and um, sometimes I get stuck on a line and I'll go, okay, uh, well, what can come next? Um, and, you know, try out a lot of versions, just see what comes. Or I might leave it and come back to it another day and see what happens, you know. Or um, often uh, ways to get trigger creativity by the way running seems to work very well for me and it puts you in a flow state and it just causes a lot of you know physical health improvements and so it seems like that kind of, and it kind of takes you out of your mind you know it's almost like it's draining your energy so like your mind can't just be parasitically talking all the time it's like i haven't got the energy for that bro we're running it's running or talking and we're still running so yeah sorry you're gonna be silent for a bit you know um you might just be thinking oh my god when's it gonna end when's it gonna end or you might be thinking nothing or, you know, look at those trees. That's nice. Um, anyway, so running can, um, after that's another time where thing that kind of spur me to write poetry often, if I go running, I, while I'm running, I'll start to think of lines and then I come home and like r start writing, you know, um, happens a fair bit. Um, so, but yeah, so you might come back to it. Um, in, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, that's the balance of the creative, like pure consciousness kind of thing. And then the analytical problem solving thinking mind. Um, and, uh, and also that's also used for sometimes I'll think like, Oh, I want this to rhyme. Maybe I'm following a kind of stricter rhyme scheme. Oh, I want to, you know, just, yeah, just whatever you want to do. It's no rules Do do your thing, especially these days. There's no rules. Poetry can be whatever you want. Um, but, you know, I think there's a balance between, just like in life, it's a metaphor, you know, there's a balance between the unrestricted freedom and um, the, the rules. Actually, you want some rules. Maybe, you know, living according to principles, uh, like, you know, to live outside the law, you know, you must be honest. As Bob Dylan said, would say, says, um, will say, um, you know, like, uh, you've got to have principles could have your own rules if you're not going to follow society's rules in some things like say you're going to imbibe certain natural herbs that don't hurt anyone and spur you to create poetry that makes you happy and potentially others um if you're going to 
you know, be doing things where you're breaking certain rules, um, you need to make sure you understand those rules and you understand why and when it's appropriate to bend them or break them. Um, and so anyway, similar thing with art. I think we should understand the rules of the traditional rules of poetry um, and then so that understand the rules like a master, then you can break them, you know, like an artist or, or whatever, you know, um, and whatever, however it goes, that saying. But uh, yeah, so sometimes I'll be wanting to rhyme and um, I go, I go mm, nothing's just naturally kind of flowing. Okay. And so I might try to think of something that rhymes, which in a way is not very, it's kind of like, oh, but wait, rather than the idea, you're focusing on a sound. That kind of seems like that's not really poetic or authentic, is it? Well, actually, it's kind of like you're setting a limit so that overall it's just this musical flow and there's plenty of room for creativity within that usually. Sometimes there's not and you need to choose a different sound, um, you know, to make, but then you can come double back to that sound later on, like I kind of mentioned earlier. So it works, but um, kind of like say, if we're like, okay, let's play um, uh, something Jordan Peterson said, like, um, um, okay, let's play a game. You know, a game, if there's a game without rules, it's not fun. You want you need rules. You need to constrain the infinite field of possibility and chaos to more. When it's more constrained, then we can, uh, ironically and paradoxically, we can have freedom when there is um, restriction, limitation, which is also how I perceive a lot of the problems with tyranny on this planet and that kind of stuff is from the perspective of, like sometimes it gets you down a bit when you see what's happening to like children and stuff and certain things aren't, aren't so good. But, and like I'm a human being, you know, naturally, I think it's not healthy if you just, everything's fine, you know. You've got to feel that, I think. Um, maybe when you're more enlightened, you just kind of, you'll go straight to understanding it's all an illusion and you're like, yeah, it's all good, you know. But I think most people, uh, you know, naturally you're going to go like, that's not right, whatever. Nonetheless, and then let it flow, let it go, right? Okay. Um, but the... Uh, in a way, this all these the pressure which is being put on the earth by all these ignorant and malicious people, uh, combination of those things, you know, corruption and incompetence, that similar kind of dichotomy or whatever, um, that's actually putting on the pressure and f providing the conditions, the necessary impetus for the story to occur, which is the blossoming of consciousness and the triumph of love, you know. And uh, so I think... We, you know, we wouldn't be thinking about these things if everything was going fine. We'd just be doped out, you know. So there's a balance of yin and yang, light and darkness, you know. Um, so it's beautiful. You know, to have a, a painting, you need dark and white, you know. You can't just, otherwise it's just a canvas, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah. And um, so with poetry, um, that you can have, uh, oh yeah, John, John Pearson, the game, right? Let's play a game with no rules, right? Um, all right, you go first. Huh? Yeah, you go first. What, what, what do you mean? Exactly. <laughs> There's no rules. You don't know what to do. It's not fun. Or if you're like, okay, um, we're playing, like I played chess. Shout out to Junmo, right? A student I used to tutor, this uh, cool little Korean kid, Korean boy. And um, I was teaching him English and chess, right? And uh, like we're playing chess, you know. But then I'd play chess with him and um, when he was younger at least. And uh, he would just cheat, just break the rules. And we're like, uh, you know, you can't, you, that piece can't do that. You know, it goes like this. And you're like, yeah, it can. And he was just thinking, like, yeah, I'm going to win, you know, doing things. And I was like, I'm not doing that. You know, or I, maybe a few times I did just to show him like, hey, what if I do that? Uh, you know, but then it, the game degenerates and you know, everything's on the, all the pieces fall over. 
But it's interesting, you know, to play to enjoy a game of chess, you need both people to play by the rules. You know, which is more satisfying? You know, God chess, where you can both do whatever you want. Um, that gets pretty old pretty quick. But a game of chess where you've got these confined rules, you really need to express your creativity very, um, in a, like a laser beam, you know? And um, yeah, it's beautiful, you know? So poetry, similar deal, um, where I sometimes go, okay, I want this to rhyme. So, um, and, I, and to do that, I'll try to think of rhymes, maybe, or just words that come up, you know, that seem to be on topic-ish, or maybe not on topic, and I'll change the direction of the topic. Oh yeah, I'll go down that alley talk about that in that direction some other thing but then I, i'll loop it back later somehow figure it out you know cross that bridge when we come to it and you link it back and so you're kind of discovering the thing with it is like i don't have a big enough consciousness i have enough consciousness to make the poem but not to understand what it really means all up from the outset necessarily in general almost always um so if not always uh and so you know i it's like a surprise it's like i'm it's being revealed to me um it's being read to me I'm, you know, um, and so it's a beautiful thing. Um, and again, it's like a meta, it becomes a metaphor for life in general. You live life and life is revealed to you. And um, I think poetry, yeah, is probably very powerful as a way of helping you. Like we all, we think in terms of what we know. And so if you understand poetry and you're used to poetry and you live poetry, then um, you start to see poetry everywhere. And that's that model, that understanding of reality starts to map itself out all around you and it makes life a lot more beautiful um and like i think say for example um mathematics i love maths you know and um in high i haven't really done it properly since high school but um you know it's pretty good in high school and uh i really enjoyed it and i got really deep into it you know and um i it isn't you know you push through and you're like, i don't understand this and then you you know tutor or your teacher or whatever helps you or a classmate or you just yourself and you're going through it and eventually you kind of figure out like oh i see what's going on it's kind of like exploring the black zones on a video game. You're mapping out the territory, you know, and understanding how it works. And then maybe encountering contradictions and going, well, that doesn't work. Damn, what's going on? And then you figure it out, you know, almost like playing a game, trying to understand how do I beat Bowser? What do I, I was doing something wrong. What am I doing wrong? You know, and so you're map exploring, you know, and um, uh, so with mathematics, say, for example, like um, a, a linear, like a chart, you know, under being able um, I can understand life, and I do this when I'm thinking about things. I go, you know, it's kind of like this, and uh, I think maybe someone's like, oh, what do you think about you know this thing? Uh, what's the cause of the problem? Is it this or that? You know, is it like uh, wh why is the world got problems? Is it um, uh, money or is it like uh, sp spiritual or whatever? Or I don't know. They say money or power. What's the problem? You know, well, actually, I think hmm. And when I think about it, I might go. I think it's kind of both and i might see like a mathematic like a, a graph a graph in my head you know of like oh it's like a you know it's like um uh this well maybe not that example but but things like um the the more the the, the more you practice the better you get right in my head i see like a linear graph you know like y equals x squared uh y equals x yeah y equals x is that what it is uh yeah so as it you know it goes up duh, 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 or y equals 2x or whatever um and the opposite, you know, like uh, would be y y equals minus x would be like going down. Like for example, um, the the more you um, the more you complain, the less happy you are. That'd be like y equals negative x. 
right? And so you can model these relationships. That doesn't mean that is what it is, but it's one way to look at it. And it, so once you understand mathematics, you can start to see these things in the world um, or Venn diagrams. Like I'll say, people go, like say if I'm teaching English, uh, it can be useful where people go, oh, oh I, I didn't do nothing. Uh, that's not a Venn diagram, but like another example. I didn't do nothing. But, but that's a double negative. That's like, you know, negative one times one is negative one and vice versa, same thing. But negative one times negative one, two negatives equals one, positive. So if you say I didn't do nothing, that means you did something. All right. So I can bring the mathematical understanding to understand what's going on there um, from another angle. Uh, or Venn diagrams, you know, like the crossover of, yeah, you know, some people, some of the problems are caused by money. Some of them are caused by power. Some are caused by both. Some people are involved in both or whatever. You know, so these become metaphors for other things. You can understand things better. And I think it's a great reason to be, um, to be a Renaissance woman or Renaissance man or Renaissance dog, you know, um, and uh, because, you know, and just have your, be get a diversity and range of interests um, and just try things out. Do that for your kids too, for sure, because that will help them along. They don't need to struggle as much. You can kind of, again, restrict their freedom in order to uh, liberate them, you know, give them all these options that they can follow up if they want to. Um, and they'll have the practice of the motivation and, and understanding the process of how to develop it things. Um, <clears throat> but uh, having all these uh, wider range of interests, I think you have a, a, a wider arsenal of metaphors. So you can start to understand things more clearly because you've got all these different ways to look at it. Sometimes, you know, the metaphors of maths come into uh, play. Sometimes it would be poetry or, or like, you know, which is very vague and I don't know, but I think I feel like I can feel that, you know, has an effect in my world or it could be you know um things from all, all kinds of stuff like movie you know like, oh you know in movies this always happens stories you know or um i don't know like um farming you know you're like you know when you're farming it's kind of you need cooking can't make an omelet without breaking eggs that's not like a logical argument that's just like a metaphor that's an experience that is there's some connections internal connections and um uh what you call that um uh not symmetry, um, I, um, isotope, no, isomorphism. Yeah, isom there's some isomorphism, um, some similarity of structure, mirroring of structure to some extent between making an omelet and, I don't know, uh, enslaving the planet um, so that you can apparently bring a utopia. Um, you know, and so, yeah. so um, And so, yeah, poetry, I think, is a great way I'd say is a very, very powerful um, uh, compared to all the others way of, you know, understanding the world. So, all right. Um, so let's get into the nitty gritty, the specifics of how to write poetry. Uh, so um, we kind of talked a little bit about some of the process, but um, so I'm going to kind of begin with uh, some... Let's do spoken words just so it'll be faster. So it'll be like um, stream of consciousness, basically. I'm just going to say whatever comes into my head. I have no idea. I have no intention. I don't know what the first thing is going to be. It's words and phrases. Things just, you know, whatever. And I'll just see where it goes. And I, um, I will try to resist uh, guiding it. I'll just let it flow. I'll probably naturally want to connect it to things which are kind of slightly connected, you know. Um, all right, let's see. 
landing on orange, I flew through the screen. No hat, hat was on my head, but I was mean. Not purple kindness, uh, helium screams, but an elephant's director, if you know what I mean. Then it came to blows and I was shocked to discern not an ounce of salt lay still in the urn, but guitars were screaming and I was believing that you and they and he were more than that to see. And imagery vivid like carrots peeling and potato octopuses uh, quietly squealing made inky earnest advances upon the diamond forest of yesterday's song you know okay there you go <laughs> you know so that's just some madness um naturally i kind of come into i notice i come into rhyming and perhaps that's a way to naturally that we try to or bring order into that chaos so we can understand it more and control it more like like the rules of chess or something potentially and definitely the, you know, why do we, oh, this is something I meant to say before. Yeah, right, cool. The music of poetry, like, you know, that line from the poem I read before, like, um, rhymes and reasonings cast down from the tower, still poetry sings at its finest hour. So, yeah, there's been like, oh, all these people, oh, oh my God, it's like Dr. Seuss, ha, 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 you know, William Blake, ha, ha, ha. Like, you know, oh, that's so stupid and passe. Um, but, okay, what, but you still listen to music. What, is that passe? Is the major scale passe? That's like too deeply ingrained. I think people can't, you know, pretend that it doesn't mean something. Um, and even like nihilists, uh, someone had said, you know, will like listen to like heavy metal, you know, and they're somehow connecting to, a, to meaning it somehow expresses some meaning and it it they don't even know what's going on perhaps but you know they want to do it because subconsciously it seems music um contains meaning and is meaningful and poetry i would say is pretty close to music it's words but a lot of music is put to words anyway but even um wordless music it's uh patterns of vibration um it, uh, so there's alterations of amplitude, like loudness, um, proportion. So I guess, uh, or like scale and proportion, like you know, you know, um, a higher note, lower note, and then you know, oh, you've gone down half the way from there, really far, and then you go up half the way back to the original, but all not all the way up, da da da, or whatever, da 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 da. Oh, that kind of feels like you're going downstairs. That's similar to when we walk downstairs. So there's isomorphism between. Um, the patterns of daily reality, and then the patterns within the music, um, uh, just upon alterations of the field of sound, vibration, which is ultimately right? Just the, the sacred syllable of the universe, which is apparently the sound the universe makes, slash, probably more than that. But um, uh, And so, you know, music, you have these, um, and then you can have alterations of tone, different instruments. We could have the same... Um, uh, tone, same instru instrument, you know, creating um, a pattern of uh, alterations of uh, proportions and speed and tempo or same thing, right? Um, or whatever, all the different variables of music 
alter, alter, alterations, ones and zeros, yes and no's, flicking the switch like a computer works, you know, just all the infinite um, uh, choose your own adventure, you know, go to page 50 or go to page 25 or whatever, all these little choices adding up of like um, simultaneously of like um, the different variables. And that's one melody and it's meaningful, right? Raglan Road. Um, that's beautiful, right? Take a room full of humans, almost everyone's going to say, yeah, that's beautiful. Maybe not when Jamie's singing, but in general, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, so, you know, it's mean compared to dirt, 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 because I'm changing one thing, it's slightly meaningful, right? Because it's just basically there's gaps of silence, but that's about as much meaning as there is. So it's it's kind of like a truck reversing. There's not really there's not much. That's not very you know galvanizing for the soul, is it? You know. Um. So you know, it seems like there are these patterns. And reality is full of patterns, and that's how we understand reality through pattern recognition and understanding what we've known before and what's going to happen in the future, beginning on a biological level for survival, I suppose, or perhaps pre that, perhaps it's just the consciousness, creativity, and experience of the universe. But we could, okay, let's just say common ground. A lot of people don't see life that way. So let's just say at a basic level, a very primitive level, um, perhaps not the most primitive, but let's just say very primitive level, biological survival, you've got pattern recognition. Um, and so, and then that built upon that becomes, you know, communication between groups of, you know, mammals who they're not, they can't outcompete the leopards on their own, but when they're working in a group, they can, and they'll put them in a zoo in a few thousand years and the leopards can be like, shit, knew my ancestors shouldn't have eaten all those proto humans. <laughs> um, uh, you know, they got a vengeance, come back with a vengeance. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, built on top of that, you've got like uh, uh, all the experiences of these groups through time and what goes right, what goes wrong, what's interesting, what's not, or, you know, and all these stories, the, the important vital lessons of all these stories get kind of amalgamated into single stories, which become myths, you know, and then those myths are acted out in um, theater, drama, like ancient Greek tragedy or comedy or whatever. Um, they can be written down once writing's widespread and you have literature, um, then from that can be extrapolated uh, maybe philosophy. And the kind of lessons of these things and just understanding in general and from that you know perhaps uh, s scientific in inquiry or whatever going on etc um, and so uh, not that that's superior to philosophy which it isn't it's a subset of philosophy um, but uh, one of several or at least one of two ways of looking at the world um, but so we have all this pattern recognition built into us and so music that pattern recognition goes to work on the music, right? Same thing with architecture. The ancient Egyptians, apparently, they'd have their tent. That's right. Explain, Ramses. Uh, we would, uh, what accent should I give you? I don't know. Well, uh, oh, I'll explain. Um, apparently would have their temples, like, um, built in ways so that there's alterations of um, scale and, you know, frequency in the part, when you walk into a temple, the things you see in terms of um, distance in space and time as you're going through and the shape and the proportions and scale and all that, they were doing the same thing that music, uh, uh, we do with music. They're intentionally altering them to try to 
induce certain feelings and understandings, which is pretty deep. Um, but uh, And so we do that with music. And poetry, it, apart from the meaning of the words, poetry is also doing this. Poetry, there's alterations in rhythm, in the number of syllables in each line, um, in the, the sound of the words, like violence, that word, or valiant, vigor, vivid. My mouth is getting a lot of pressure, and then suddenly, boom. It's, I don't think it's a coincidence. That a lot of language, to some extent, is onomatopoeic, right? It's like, it, what it means, it sounds similar to what it means, a lot of it. So it's not just the rain pattered on the rooftop, you know, it's, uh, or the cat meowed. You know, it's also like valiant, words like this, strong, you know, powerful, like a wedge, you know. Um, and like the V is like a wedge shape, you know. Um, and so uh, uh, the words we're choosing um, often will capture certain feelings. Um, uh, and so you've got patterns of the, in the feelings of the words, but also the sounds of which the words are made up are doing the same thing, um, where like the certain, you know, different sounds kind of have certain feelings attached to them to some extent. And maybe not everyone's going to interpret them the same way, but most people, overwhelmingly, it's, again, I'd understand this through mathematics, it's a Venn diagram. Um, there's going to be some people, it might, it might be an event diagram, like a flower kind of thing with 12 different, episode 12, poetry, um, uh, 12 different circles overlapping in the center. It's the overlapping of all of them, you know, um, but, you know, you know, you can take two circles, overlap them in the middle, right? There's an overlap. That's a Venn diagram. Then you could have three of them. And, okay, in the middle, it's all three. On the edges, you've got it's A and B. And then the other overlap is B and C. The other overlap is C and A. And then you have, um, uh, you know, the overlap A, B, C in the middle. And then you also just have A, B, C, where none of them overlap with each other, those parts of the circles. So the interpretation of poetry or the feeling of sounds or words, let's say sounds, um, v, b, k, or da, da, or say vowels like e, a, i, o, yo, lo, a, a, i, o, a, i, o, lo, di, na, lo, do, da, di, da, lo, di, la, da, da. Right? Whatever the, these different patterns, I'm just making up out of nowhere. Right? Um, the way they kind of affect the consciousness of the the reader or the listener, I feel. Um, it won't affect everyone the same way, but there will be a lot of overlap. Certain sounds maybe will have totally different effects to everyone. It'll just be kind of random, but probably um, uh, there'll be maybe 20% uh, of the sounds where 80% of the people will have the same kind of feeling when they hear it. And so, um, uh, you know, there's a, I think there would be a lot of these overlaps of, you know, in a lot of the cases, people would have similar experiences to it. So poetry is kind of this mystical language of like communicating musically to each other, but it's so intrinsic, in, intricately, um, uh, inexorably, inexplicably, um, uh, ineluctably, is that a word? Uh, connected to meaning as well. Um, and so, you know, like a, a, a meaning, linguistic meaning, you know, like mapping out things anal analytically, like we were talking about before. So um, intellectual kind of, perception so very interesting it's kind of this boundary between um the heart and the head um maybe that's the throat chakra <laughs> um uh the poetry of my the great the last line of that glass of water was delicious 
very poetic altogether. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, and so you notice naturally, yeah, we kind of have, um, there's a musical element to poetry and I think that's kind of underrated. And I think, yeah, if it's very, you know, roses are red, violets are blue. Um, I love it when you bake me bread, um, uh, and shine my shoe, you know? Okay. Yeah. It can be kind of boring or like things where it's just too, you know, they're going too far, just trying to make it rhyme, but there's nothing else to it. It can be stale, but always it's got to come from a place of inspiration, riding that wave. You can rhyme all you want and not ride the wave. That's possible. And sometimes I've done that and go, oh, that poem is not good at all. Oh, well, good thing. Guinness through the pipes. Good thing I wrote it. Moving on. Excellent. You know, um, or maybe I'll come back two days later and go, actually, no, that's pretty good. Or I go, um, ooh, part of it's good. I can take that and turn it into some other thing, you know. Mine, go mining through the rock of these uh, mediocre poems and um, find some gold, you know, or copper at least. Um, and uh, so, all right, so that was kind of stream of consciousness, whatever, just kind of nonsense. Now let's see if I can make something up being a bit more focused on meaning. So let's see. Give me a topic. Oh, you can't hear me. Okay. Um, let's go... Maybe I won't even go for a topic. I'll just see where it goes. All right. But kind of based more upon thinking. Hmm. I have no idea where it all is going. But I have heard it heard, known it known, said it to friends enemies and strangers that we are dancing huddled alone to such sweet music in God's snow globe Psychedelic confetti dowsing the crocodile's fire, the will to destroy, maim, and sire. Things not worthy of being named. Or like our better angels. Smiling. Sane. Writing the books of what shall be. Upon the elephantine backs. Of past mystery. And Ramses statue heralded high by eye for comic relief or unknown poetry does hand me plain parchment stained papyrus Passed from father to son, 
just like the moon in every daughter, the starlight shining in your mother's eyes. Does eloquence pat on the back like an eager kid, but from above remember there is more to this than what one man's words trusting waves to flow can capture in an episode or a dozen thrown like dice dazzling chance to make a deal with the fates or the muses to replace the siren song guide humble ships home to haven harbour and pluck ripe fruit from the goodness arbour Sow the seeds, live the dreams, and end the poem. Where it began, in trust and silence and love of men. All right. I feel different to when I began that poem. <laughs> Magic spells. Good Lord. Putting That's the thing about Harry Potter. You know, I'd be like, for sure, if it was real, they'd just be, you know, the drugs would just be spells. I'd be like, have you heard of this spell Malfoy found? What do you mean? It's like, you, you, you know, you put the wand like in your ear and you say, you know, uh, uh, Abra, uh, drug Abra, and, uh, you know, you just, you appear on the planet Venus, you know, but you've got like a purple bubble around your head. So, you, you know, you don't die. And, uh, you know, it's just like it lasts for five minutes, but, you know, and then you come back and it's quite a, quite a story. Like, well, Malfoy's gone off the rails, you know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it does seem like poetry in a way. Um, like you're talking about magic spells, like that you know, there's a certain feeling poetry gives you. Um, but uh, also, uh, there's certain types of poetry where it's more like a sutra, I would say, where it kind of feels like, it's like these natural laws or divine laws of just like the way things work, um, which are kind of encapsulated to some extent quite clearly by something. And sometimes it feels like just a, like, say I'd call, it's not... Some people say it's not a sutra, but some poem which has come through me, which I feel like, wow, it's really quite mystical or like um, in a way points me. It's like kind of a, a spiritual aid. It points me in the direct direction of awakening. <clears throat> Here's one example called um, Let God Drive. <laughs> Backseat living is serene and wise. Let the scenery swing idly by. 
Calm and collected, you can guide, graceful in gratitude for the ride. So that's like kind of pointing you at, oh yeah, surrender, go with the flow, baby. You know, of course, you can say, hey, um, turn left up there. Yeah, all right, I'll do that. Thanks. You know, and then you chill. Um, just as you can say, oh, I can't control anything. My business is going bankrupt. All right, fine. Do what I can. Keep my eyes open. Do, do, do. Ooh, turn left up there. Um, uh, what's that uh, market, you know? Oh, oh, that that business wants this product? Okay, maybe we could change this little thing and, you know, uh, you know, start selling there. And then, oh, it works. And then we build up market share. Oh, good. So you look for opportunities, you know. But anyway, that's the balance of yin and yang. Go with the flow and be the flow, you know, or guide the flow. Um, the flow is you anyway. Um, but uh, we're part of the flow. Um, so it'd be the 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 all in the one and the one in the all yeah um anyway uh but then um yeah other also things which could be more like specifically like spells like it feels like a magic spell there's one um do i have it here i don't or oh, maybe i do in this book um it was like kind of yeah, it was. It was. I was. I listened to uh, some a lecture. Someone was talking about about how to um, turn fear into kind of excitement as a way to basically change your inner state. Um, but I don't know if I wrote it in this book or another one. Um, but uh, and I kind of encapsulated it into a poem. And so I was thinking, well, like I could read this, and it literally guides me through. The, the method of uh, altering your state. So you could also do this, but mm, uh, no, no, uh, I don't think it is here actually. Um, mm, doo -doo -doo -doo. Could it be anywhere? Could it be somewhere? Could it be everywhere? Could it be behind me? Uh, I don't think so, but I will just waste your time a little bit more if you don't mind digging the silence. Hmm. Oh, okay. Minimalist Sutra. Well, that's funny. It's the most recent one I did. I was thinking of a different thing, but I think this is basically the same idea. Okay. Minimalist Sutra. Seven lines long, you know, a bunch of my poems are that, you know, why not? The least risky safest best thing to do is to not flee fear but learn to look at it so even from a cowardly perspective the easiest right thing to do is to face it so if thou art otherwise it's madness now don't you dare leave me here alone you have a duty to humor, to love living. So yeah, that's not that. That's all right. You know, not the best, but um, I mean, well, that's subjective. But I dig it. Um, but uh, you know, like it's not quite poetry there. You know, like there's not much rhyme, uh, and even the the rhythm isn't there that strong. So I was kind of just writing like thoughts, and then 
Oh, move to a new line though. So that's basically it was just moving the lines at kind of similar length. Um, but even that dividing into lines kind of chops it up into a certain structure, which allows it to digest, I think, in a different way to if it was just a paragraph, although it's basically just a paragraph. Um, uh, so interesting. Um, so let's see. Okay. So now, uh, so I gave you some stream of consciousness poetry. Um, let's go now for this one. I think I'll need to write it. So let's go through more traditional poetry, like with rhyme. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I didn't do one with a the theme, but um, I mean, and I guess there's many types of ways to write poetry. Like there's people who can who write poetry in ways that I don't, you know, I think, or haven't tried yet, or I don't know about, you know. You know, of course, I'm sure there's people who know like a lot more about poetry and, you know, uh, could teach me a lot, you know, or have a different relationship to it or whatever, you know. Um, but so I think, you know, maybe some people, uh, of course, are channeling an emotion. So if there was an emotion of, um, I don't know, let's say, um, let's say, uh, you could write a poem from there, you know, like I could go forgiveness, maybe say there are people who have thrown at children stones, laughed the loudest when the sky was falling. But they alone had made heavy the heavens. All for the fleeting love of thrones. And yet... I forgive as if it never were anything at all to be forgiven. For I am thou. And sure, we'll do our best. So that's, I guess, based upon a feeling of, like, forgiveness. Um, let's call it um, uh, – mm, that's a fun thing as well, thinking of a title, a name. And usually I'll, I'll, do it, I'll write the poem and then go, what should the, the title be, you know? Um, and that's kind of fun, like another level of you – know, almost like putting a song, a, a name to a song, and you – arrange them into an album. You can even put a name on the album, which you also do with the book. You know, like um so I've got you know, my poetry are kind of organized into books. It's a similar thing. Um so let's see, uh name, uh let's say uh um uh it's everyone's fault. <laughs> there we go. Um so but now um yeah let's do some like and, you know, you could start, like, like um, with practice, you can make it more meaningful. But you can start very simple, mess around with it. It'll probably, you'll have ones where, okay, it kind of sounds boring. Just keep doing it. You're building up the craft, and then you can make things more interesting, you know. 
over time and make it more open up to express yourself more. Same thing as the guitar, you know. I tell people like, you should, yeah, if you want to learn guitar, do it. It doesn't take that long. Uh, it's only work. You know, people think, oh, but it's so much work, you know. Same thing with anything. Uh, starting something new, oh, it's so much work though, you know. No, actually, the frame of mind where it is a lot of work, that's just the beginning. But then once you get to a point where you can do enough things that when every time you do it, um, it's overall a source of pleasure. There might be bits you can't do. You branch out a bit, and oh, that's tricky, uh, whatever. Um, but overall, when you when you do it, when I'm playing the guitar, or when I'm go going, to, if you're going to do like um, you're dancing, you're learning a dance, whatever, and you can express yourself um, when you're doing it, uh, so that overall, mostly, it's a source of pleasure. Then that's the point where you're just going to do it all the time. It's just for selfish reasons, just like whatever, eating cake or something. It's not like, oh, it's just find it really hard to stay motivated, you know, reaching my cake goals. It's like, no, you're just going to do it because it's easy. It feels good, you know. So you just need to get to a point where it feels good overall. Um, might be like, you know. And so um, with guitar, okay, you practice you, until you've got, say, the, the three major chords and so, say, you know, the three um, main uh, minor chords, whatever, you know, then um, you can play almost every song. And so once you get there, then whatever songs you like playing, you can play them with this thing. So, oh, I feel like listening to that song. Ooh, well, I could just play that song myself, which is much, much more satisfying. Um, and, well, kind of you need both. You know, it depends. You feel like some sometimes the other, the other time. But, um, but then that's where it seats as being really practiced. Like I never practice guitar. I just play guitar because I want to all the time, you know. So I play every day. Why wouldn't I? It's so fun, you know. Um, and, uh, but it was practice at first to get over that hump. So maybe a few months of work and then, ah, uh, it's just, you're good. You know, it's just, you just keep showing up and it gets easier and easier because it's just more and more, it's more and more enjoyable. You can express yourself more and more. Um, so with poetry, it'd be the same thing, you know, just try to do it, you know, and, uh, just in time, eventually, like it's just a source of like expression and it's a great thing. You can be very happy or something very meaningful happens and I can capture it in a poem and for later, you know, like, and just for the moment, it amplifies the moment itself, you know, even. Um, so the moment, it's like the feedback loop in real time of like making life more artful um, and art more lively. Um, and uh, then, but, um, or also just for later, seeing your feelings of things, kind of marking things recording and understanding things um but uh where you're at you could read that years later go oh look <laughs> like there's poems for me when i'm like 15 it's like well interesting you know, it's a you know um and uh uh here's one okay this is one from when i was i i, I began it when i was i think i was 14 yeah 14 that was i think the first poem i wrote and i didn't even count it as a poem i was like ah, it's like a rhyme or something um, for ages, I was like, yeah, the, my first poem was the one after that, you know, um, but, uh, uh, yeah. And so, but, but this one, I, and then when I was 28, I finished it. So I had two little stanzas and then I did two more when I was 28. Cause it was like the distance between when I wrote it and now is the same distance from when I was born to when I wrote it. So I was like, well, okay, let's do it. So it's called, um, uh, Oh, and again. Now, this is more old-fashioned. I was very influenced by the metaphys oh, yeah, metaphysical poetry. Oh, my God, that stuff's so good. Um, that's just like, you know, Elizabethan kind of age, like Renaissance poetry. 
incredibly beautiful. Now I was very, and then Shakespeare, similar thing. I was very influenced by that, and that my style when I was younger was much more like that. These days I have a little bit of it sometimes, or it's just you know a cheeky put in a thou just because I can and just for fun. You know, there's a balance. I'm not trying to sound like that. It's just, well, should I say I should never do it because I don't want people to think I look old-fashioned? You know, that's stupid. You should just do it, express yourself. So there's a you know connecting with people is one thing, but mostly poetry is to connect with yourself and through that the universe and life. Um, so you can't be trying to please others. It's got to be authentic expression of yourself. And so, you know, if I want to use a thou, try stop me, you know? And, uh, but, but originally I was, you know, really heavy on it. And so I'd look back and I'd go, yeah, it's not, not the biggest fan. Um, and, but, uh, you know, it's good though, but it's all things, it's all, it got me to where I am. So I don't regret any of it. I'm not ashamed of any of it. It's all baby steps, you know, to where, where we're going, where we are, you know, which is where we are. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, the destination is the journey. Um, the journey is the destination. Um, so, uh, yeah, but this poem, O and again, like an O, you know, like, oh, <laughs> lo and behold, or whatever. Okay. Uh, so I think I was I was studying physics in like, no, it's 14. Was I, I think I was studying physics. So maybe I was, yeah. Yeah, I think 14 turning 15. Okay, so own again. Um, how does it begin? Uh, days roll as the waves. More enter the maze. The cycle repeats. Oh, and again. The hours pass. Endure the farce. To make ends meet. Oh, and again. Age now remembers an origin tender, and wisdom smiles. Oh, and again. Oh, and again. Ever much the same, forever and always, once known by a name. So, the first two, 14, second two, 28. That's kind of an interesting relationship you can cultivate with yourself through poetry, you know? Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's uh, get to that promised rhyming thing or whatever. So let's see. Um, okay, I'll write it in this book so uh, we can see. So, okay, um, let's go. I don't know. Um, might even, no, that doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and... In general, I don't have a theme, really, when I start writing. It's just kind of like a feeling comes out. I don't know where it's going. It's just a wave, and then I'll turn it into something. Occasionally, I have something I want to write about. Something's on my mind, and so I'll express it like that. So I think I said this, but um, so I'm just going to go from nowhere. Just say something that pops into my head. Because I'm very used to doing this, it might be a bit danker than what you know normal people who aren't writing poetry would come up with at the first thing. Maybe not. You know, it's all coming from the same place. Your soul, my soul, it's one deep down, right? So uh, the, th the filter of our brains, like the, th the virtual reality 
suits that we're living in, our consciousness, our souls, they're different. So maybe it would it will be different, a different brain or and all that and experiences and language. But um nonetheless, like uh, I think you know, you, you might come up with some amazing stuff out of nowhere. Um, but don't be disheartened if it's like kind of simple. But let's go. Let's see. Uh time. Uh Time asked me a question. That sounds nice. It's often also a lot of humor in my poetry. I kind of like little cheeky winks at like the, the breaking the fourth wall or like, you know, silly kind of things. Um, also double meanings and triple meanings, like puns. I love it. Like, um, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of like, I wonder if anyone's going to notice all these meanings, you know. Anyway, time asked me a question. But I had to run away. I have no idea what the next line is going to be. I have no idea what this is heading. Time asked me a question, but I had to run to run away. So, why not? So sounds like a good. Is that a preposition? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker. Um, 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 so time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker. Said, um, the feels good. Sometimes I won't write it. Oh, maybe it's getting into a dead end, like a cul-de-sac. So you might think ahead a little bit, but sometimes you got a feeling, yeah, it's going somewhere. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker. Let's put that exclamation mark and speech quotation marks. Uh, time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker. Said. Um, Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker. Now, I feel like it's getting a bit too chaotic, so I'm going to have to tie it together, make it mean something more, right? Um, time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said um, the heart of my something. Um, something about me, because uh, I asked the question. Or he'd asked me a question, I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. That's interesting. So that line came to me before I knew what it meant. I'm just like, ah, oh, what does that mean? That's interesting, you know? So, right, um, you just let it go. What about this? No, this, mm, this, ooh, maybe, that, oh, yeah, nice, you know? So, time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. And we're going to expand on this. I'm going to put a semicolon, like I'm explaining it. Uh, um, my own doom was talking. 
by the way, notice the structure so far was A, B, C, B. So there's a rhyme there. The second and fourth lines rhymed. Um, the fifth line is D, new sound. You got question away, sucker days, talking. So different. Um, so time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself. In verse. Um, verse doesn't rhyme with anything. Let's go. Um, now I'm going to do like a double ooh, twist little thing. I'm going to rhyme something with verse at the beginning, and then the end of the line is going to rhyme with one of the previous things. So I kind of feel this feeling of ooh, speeding up, or ooh, like a little corner, a little turn, a little bend in the path. Um, going sideways on your bicycle, where's your round a corner? Wee! Um, time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed. By innocence. Now, I could go with A, and I think I will, because, um, well, let's see. Because the others aren't very strong. Sh question, you know, um, confession, or message. There's not a lot of things that rhyme, and it's not that strong. It sounds like question. Um, the feeling of the, the, the sounds or whatever doesn't quite strike me, you know. Um, away, kind of stronger. Sucker, I could rhyme something with that, you know. Let's see. Time asks, uh, talking, talking, talking. Again, ing, it's like, mm. I don't know, I feel like that would be an in-between rhyme thing, not like an emphasis point, you know? Um, I don't know, that's how I feel right now. Maybe it depends on the context, but... Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence. Okay, I guess that, like, fills the line. So I'll make a new line. Um, oh, 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 let me see. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence, perverse, or something. Mm, it's true, too soon. So I'm going to let it new line flow on. Time asked me a question, <laughs> but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence. Um... And again, the rhyme, I also want to get the feeling and kind of imagery and kind of meaning. So let's re I'm going to refocus my mind more on, okay, what's the meaning of it? Time asked me a question, and then think of a nice way to put it. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence. Flirting, maybe, or something. Like, earth, cursed, flirting. Cursed by innocence. Flirting. Hmm. And yeah, I don't want to care too much about rhyming because it's not the main thing, really. It's more about, I guess, the 
imagery and the uh, meaning, the feeling that they create. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence. Cursed by innocence. To drive the midwife's hearse. So it's kind of like get the meaning, kind of handling the meaning a bit more of like death or doom. But, and, but it's still not quite clear what does it mean, but that's fine. It's kind of hovering toward that, you know, cursed. It's talking about time and maybe death and maybe it could be like time in the spiritual sense of like not being present in the moment with silence, but being lost in your mind, which is always almost all past and future, thinking about that, um, as well as the present in terms of analyzing, I guess, um, but or imagination of alternate presence or futures or past, but but um, in terms of like time, like you know, power of now kind of thing, like getting lost in time could be that. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. Oh no, I don't want to. But more likely, I feel like it's more talking about imper um, impermanence and p the passing of everything and growing old and dying and that kind of thing. Mortality, time and limitation in general, change. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, feeling like, yeah, I can do whatever I want. I'm in invincible. Said the end of my days. So I think I'm like resisting it, but actually the voice that I'm speaking, that spirit I'm adopting or that's adopting me is uh, um, the very thing that is like Greek tragedy is going to do me or it's actually like impermanence talking, like everything is impermanence. You can't escape from it. Um, said the end of my days. Or it could be more specific like that. That particular thing was dooming me rather than just, you know, like, you know, hey, in general, there's no escaping, you know, death, you know. Um, my own doom was talking. Could say that, that was my mistake or just like doom in the sense of the fearful perspective to relate to that. But really, it's like kind of tongue in cheek, really just meaning, you know, the inevitability of the universe, which is actually a beautiful thing, all things considered. Um the time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by innocence. I think maybe something in the middle could be good. Cursed by... Cursed by, cursed by brave innocence. My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by... In, cursed by... My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by brave innocence. No, just cursed by innocence. And then the next one's longer. So dynamics, you know. It's nice to have some things a bit smaller as well. Um, like music, you know. Sad chord, happy chord, you know. Sad part of the song, happy part. Or fast part, slow part, or whatever. Some of that's good. My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by innocence to, to drive the midwife's hearse. And never know. Now this helps me open up. And also, just the feeling, never know, eh oh. Like a lot of things like playing with the, the vowels, eh oh, eh 
oh, your mouth is moving in this position, which is kind of like satisfying, like you're moving, crossing the range of movement of your mouth and never know, but also it allows me to keep the meaning, kind of bringing it, trying to move towards some sort of explanation that ties everything together. One line that you get it right can kind of redeem everything else that seemed like it wasn't tied together at all. Um, Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. Speaking of time, <laughs> um, check how much time I have. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse and never know, nor forget. That seems funny. Like, not even to never even got to forgetting it, which is a bad thing. Why are you, why are you thinking like that? It's kind of like tongue in cheek silliness, you know? Never mind forgetting, like, which you would, but you never even knew, you know? Um, uh, so my own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. So kind of saying uh, death and birth, like how everything's kind of connected and just have to deal with it. Um, yin and yang, um, but cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. So kind of, I guess, hmm, interesting. So crazy thing as well, it's like I'm learning, what's the universe trying to tell me about how I'm living my life, you know? It's like an intervention. Every poem is an intervention from the angels. Um, time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. Hmm. And my mind's kind of going blank, which sometimes happens. So then you go, okay, maybe drink some water. I'm out of water, but oh well. Uh, or just bring in the breath and the silence. Look at some plants. Start talking about history. Wait, not that. Not that. Ramses. Let's quit whispering sweet nothings in my ear. Okay. Um, time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. So basically all of this is so much to say I was resisting the divine laws of impermanence and thinking I could get away with it like in a kind of juvenile, disrespectful way. So long, sweet sucker, like, ha ha, whatever, you know, I'm beautiful, invincible thing. Um, but I'm actually driving midwife's hearse, so I'm actually moving through time. Um, yeah, born uh, in a vessel which is, you know, both eternal and um, temporary. Uh, so uh, towards death to drive the midwife's hearse. And never know, nor forget. <laughs> Just how much shall be remembered. That kind of makes sense, right? Just how much shall be remembered. 
Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. And never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered. I need a rhyme, right? Bring, bring the musicality back into it. Just how much shall be remembered. So I could rhyme with et, never know nor forget. Um, and I don't need to go all the way back to figure out the rhyme. It's just it's the recent context, right, that kind of matters more. So my own doom was talking to itself in verse, curse my innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. Um, I think ent, if it was to innocence, mm, it's kind of too far back. It doesn't really have the feeling of, you know, like a pattern too much. So the mind might not really register it too much. So let's think something more recent. I've and air. So we have I've from drive and air from never. Um, uh, curse by innocence to drive the midwife's. Oh, drive, I've, right? Internal rhyme. Drive the midwife's. Um, and I, innocence, midwife. Cursed by innocence. Er, I, 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 er. So he's repeating vowel patterns. Cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. And never know, er, o, or er, never know, nor forget, uh, our, uh, our. Just how much shall e eh, be remembered, and never know nor forget. And a lot of this is kind of like you could do it consciously, but a lot of it kind of just happens automatically, or perhaps that's only after you practiced a bunch. I don't know. Let's see. Um, my own doom was talking to itself in verse. Also, going back a bit, quite more than you need to, can kind of get you in the flow, and then you know your mind will pop up with stuff, kind of. Whereas if you go too soon, sometimes it's like, oh, I wasn't ready. You know, like a run-up kind of thing. Um, so my own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. And never know, nor forget, just how much shall be remembered. Yeah, so nothing rhymes with et yet. So we've got erse, erse, in a sense, and forget, they're kind of similar, eh, ens, et, eh, eh, but um, forget. So if I reinforce that, I mean an et sound, that would probably be a good ending um, for that line. So, cursed by innocence to drive, my own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse, and never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered. Something about sunrise and sunset, I think. Um, uh, when I never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered. When comes rising, God's sunset, no. Um, and never know nor forget 
just how much she'll be remembered. So what's the idea? Because I could make something kind of poetic, in the heart of the sunset, you know, but like, I feel like um, to have it meaning something would be more powerful at this point, right? So, um, so, so it's kind of saying, you know, I was kind of, you know, avoiding impermanence and aging and, um, you know, the changing of things. Uh, and but not realizing that, you know, it doesn't really work, it doesn't matter, like, hey, you know, you accept it, <laughs> then you can live happily, like, you know, there's no escape from whatever, you know. Um, it's not a wise perspective you've got, so causing yourself harm or suffering, um, or it's just, yeah, limiting your happiness or life, limiting yourself. Um, and never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered. Okay, so, okay. So something about when I change my perspective, I will remember. Yeah. Once. Ah. Something about the sunset going and letting the sunrise come. Um, leaving space. And never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered. My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. And never know, nor forget, just how much shall be remembered. At the rising sunset. Which sounds cool. Cause like, what? Sunsets don't rise? That's what sunrises do. Oh my God, what? Um, but it's not just that, it's also, I can, I know this can be part of a metaphor for some, the point, like intellectually making something. So, my own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse, and never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset. So I kind of feel like it'd be nice to make this a sonnet. So how many have we got? Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven. That means three more lines. Um, although it's not like, strictly speaking, maybe like the rhyme structure of certain older ones, but 14 lines. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse, and never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset.
when the will of youth by itself in verse. My own doom was talking. So it seems like three I am's or whatever, or like six syllables. Time asked me a question. Okay. So at the sometimes the words are longer, but actually the sounds doesn't quite match up. So just try to keep an eye on like how how is it going? Is this the pattern I want of how long they are, or whatever syllables and stuff? Um, uh, uh, and never know, and never know, nor forget. Okay, that's like seven. Or forget is emphasized. So nor is not really part of it. Never know and never know and never know nor forget. Oh yeah, kind of. Da da da. And da da da. Da da da. One, two, one, two. One, two, three. Um, never know nor forget. It's kind of nor's not emphasized much. So yeah, it kind of is six. Right? Just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset when the will of youth da 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 five at the rising sunset, at the rising sunset, when the will of youth, um, when the will of youth cries, mm, when the will of youth dies, which also rhymes with certain things, um, rising sunset dies, and drive and midwife. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse, and never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset when the will of youth dies. So, oh, oh no! But I'm going to add, like, to do something, like it's dying to do something. Um, right, when the will of youth dies... Mm, that might sound like instead, but is dying would make it clearer, but then it doesn't quite the sound, the music of it doesn't quite work as well. So, uh, and never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset when the will of youth dies. To live, just to make it clear, that's the other meaning. Dies to live the life of laughter. So what we got, I think there's one more line, yeah? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, nice, one more of a sonnet. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse, and never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset when the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter. Separate it something. Da 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 da. 
da 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 da. The rising sunset. When the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter. Now here I feel like you know it's kind of like artificial writing the poem to some extent because I'm like you know sharing like telling what I'm doing and analyzing myself where normally I wouldn't do that right although it also makes a kind of interesting different type of poem but like um exploring in a different way but um I feel like the final line must be from a deep emotion you know so I'm going to let this absorb into me and kind of see what kind of pops up you know Time, let's see. <clears throat> Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. I own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse, and never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered. At the rising sunset, when the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter, to realize it was, who am I? Does that work? Because it's time asked me a question, so I thought like, oh, what was the question? It wasn't just like, hey, I want to talk to you. It's like, what was it trying to say? He was trying to say, who am I? Which is like, who are you? But who am I? It's kind of hinting at the answer, which is we're all one. And this would be my poetry. It kind of often goes off into like spirituality, you know, the nature of like, well, isn't that fascinating that, you know, like everything's one. It's interesting. And just the gateway to peace that like we have so much suffering, but peace is so close to us. Like, like uh, I'm going to quote a poem while I'm writing a poem. Um, oh, don't forget the line. What was it? Uh, to realize, I'll quote that poem after maybe. <laughs> um, when the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter. Colon, <gasps> introducing, strong. Um, time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. And never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset. When the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter. To realize it was only who am I. Which could apply to, let's see, to realize, right there. To realize it was only am I double meaning central and the poem's finished Woo, we just need a title um, uh, you only heard it like a thousand times right but hey poem written live for you now you know at least my method how you do it um, so uh, yeah 
to live the life of when the, the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter double meaning that could mean the will of youth dies you, you let you go okay you know time moves on i'm getting old whatever say la vie you know uh say la mort um uh so and to live the life of laughter like you accept impermanence and death and change and you can be happy you can enjoy life and laugh you know um which ironically makes you more youthful right and literally will extend your lifespan you know so um uh like you know dies in order to live the life of laughter or so as to live the life of laughter or and therefore lives the life of laughter that's one meaning or dies to live like oh i'm dying to try that restaurant you know um so and the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter like the will of youth really wants to live that life of laughter the etern- and the will of youth could mean the kind of younger perspective humans have uh, that kind of archetype of who we are when we're younger and blooming and growing and outward exploring rather than then you know when we're older kind of coming home to the source you know homecoming sort of thing spiritual homecoming to do it all over again i think um uh but um not just so the will of youth could mean that but also um uh kind of the eternal fountain of youth elixir of life like the um uh eternally new the ancient youth of like just consciousness is every little baby is the universe it's it's been here the whole time for forever like eternity is somehow paradoxically reborn as a, a new fresh thing but um and in a way it is because it's through a new experience that hasn't happened before or has it is it has everything already happened and we just it's flowing but it seems like it hasn't happened yet but actually has or maybe this pathway or maybe and there's only one pathway or maybe all the pathways will can happen but and have happened and you know are happening simultaneously and our consciousnesses are just going through different paths and getting to choose do i go this way or that way like a choose your own adventure book where all the pages are already there you won't if you choose a certain path you won't see all the pages that's possible i guess that that's the way the universe works but um anyway uh so when the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter um to realize it was only who am i that could be seen as and why not both seen as referring to the previous thing to the life of laughter to realize it was only the li- it meaning the life of laughter was only it was only who am i like that's how to live the life of laughter just who am, who am i which is the most important question there is i think um any other question it's like if you don't know who you are how do you know that's a good question you know kind of need to know who's asking the question is there anything more important than that even what should i do what should i do <laughs> okay who's i you know um um but also tying it back to the beginning so to to live the life of laughter to realize it was only who am i but also at the beginning if you interpret it as meaning the beginning thing it's like the question time asked me a question and i'm realizing the question which i was running away from was only after all it's just who am i which could mean who is time who am i do you know who i am i am you and also maybe i am you know change uh i am goodness i am the play of opposites you know or like an invitation to consciousness an invitation to paying attention and understanding and investigation maybe time doesn't even know who am i help me help me friend you know um or saying question is who am i as kind of almost like a statement who am i 
like, hey, you should think about this, you know, um, or both of these things, you know. Um, uh, so to live the life of laughter, to realize it was only who am I. Um, and so, yeah, this question asked by times almost and fleeing that almost seems like it could mean um, fleeing the chaos and the unknown and the uh, the um, the opportunity, which can be perceived as a threat, of um, learning and changing and, I guess, uh, confronting the novelty and unpredictability of life um, and the unknown. Yeah. Um, and then also at the end, to realize it was only who am I? You could also interpret that as kind of not really being connected to either of the two things, but just saying a new thing. Okay, you've gone through all this stuff. I was, you know, doing shopping with Jane and then this, and then I went da 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 only to find out um, I got a letter from Uncle uh, Hendrick, you know, um, uh, whatever, you know, and being like, okay, so to realize who am I? That's more important than the rest of the poem, isn't it? <laughs> I think. So, all right. Very nice. So we've got, we need a title now. So let's see, read through, see what comes up. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. And never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset when the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter to realize it was only who am I? Time talking, maybe? Time talking. Talking to time. Meeting time. Meeting time. Meeting time is 5 p.m. Time as a friend. Touching time. Oh, I don't know if we want to get in that territory. That's another kind of poetry we haven't talked about yet. So if we go through the meaning of it, kind of talking about running away from the, you know, time asking a question, but it's kind of like, you know, thinking about mortality and maybe responsibility and um, change and things impermanence, um, aging, and just kind of all the novelty and confusion and unknown and you know, introspection and questioning, paying attention to the, you know, the, uh, the questions of life. So fleeing from questions and the invitation to investigate and understand um, and kind of specifically, a bit more specifically like, yeah, impermanence. Uh, then kind of saying, and tragically, kind of, you know, ironically, or, or tragically, yeah, um, not really realizing uh, that this is unnecessary and actually counterproductive based upon even my selfish desires uh, to be happy or, you know, laughing, whatever, um, and that a sort of a sense of inevitability to it though too like yeah it's all good it's part of the story um 
and to realize it was only who am I. Uh, so the connection between time asking me a question and then realizing at last, ah, it's who am I. Um, being time, like I am time, maybe it ties it together a bit. Being time. Who, uh, who am time? <laughs> oh, am means time in Irish. Um, or am. am. Um, uh, can tell me. Can tell me. Um, right, let's. There's no Irish in the rest of it, so I guess we won't make any Irish puns. Uh, so, um, being time. Um, the time being. Time being. For the time being. Hmm, sounds a bit simple. Time being. Or, uh, timeless being. That sounds like description. Um, being time. It's like playtime, being time. But, uh, too busy for time. Uh, uh, so being time and time talking. Time talking doesn't sound that interesting. Really. It doesn't quite capture the whole idea, does it? Um, uh, hmm. So. Um, let me know your names for the poem in the uh, comments if you want. If you've got ideas, I'll think of one sooner or later here. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse. Cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse. I never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset when the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter. To realize it was only who am I? Giving time, making time, time to laugh, time to be, time to live, time to ask. Time to be. Hmm. Laughing time. Meeting time. Time to meet. No. Meeting time. Sounds a bit boring though. Sounds like bureaucratic. But, uh, seeking time. Hmm. Maybe not even time. Something else. Time asking you a question. Then change and things. Who am I? Like, Laughing time. Hmm, it's not just laughter, it's more like a general being uh, happy or being in balance. Um, uh, 
time to talk. It's kind of cool in a way because it's like, yeah, um, uh, like, yeah, we, hey, it's time to talk. We need to have a, t a talk. Uh, talk with time. Uh, talking time. Talking to time. Uh, time to talk. Yeah, time to laugh. Maybe t for now it might go time to laugh. And it's like, yeah, I like that. Because, uh, so, it's positive. Time to laugh. Like, hey, you know, enough seriousness. Let's, let's have some fun. Let's laugh, you know. The pen goes down. Also, get yourself a nice magical pen. I've had this pen since I was 14, I think. Maybe younger. Parker. Nothing too crazy. Sky blue. Shout out to the color sky blue. Big fan. Um, so, uh, so let's see here. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, re reacquaint myself with the front little direction here. Now, uh, little post post match analysis. Um, time to laugh. So, like, uh, I'm thinking, you know, like, yeah, it's time to laugh. Let's you know stop being so serious place for seriousness but you can be more serious in a good way if you can be more silly you know and like or just enjoy humor um and uh enjoy life and uh find the time and the courage and the will to laugh um the will to laugh no time to laugh time to laugh is cool because it's also like silly a bit like time to go time to this time to laugh what? There's a scheduled time for laughing? I thought that's like a spontaneous human response to whatever, mystery, novelty, the cosmic giggle. Uh, oh, yeah. Right? So it's like even the title, Time to Laugh, is kind of self-reinforcing like because it's like, it's time to laugh now. And that itself is kind of a silly statement, which is self-prophetic, like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like uh, maybe you go like, what? Time, it's time to laugh now? Oh, it is. It's, oh, so... Then it was scheduled because it was already written down. So then it's not even funny because uh, it was true. It wasn't silly. But then it's like this statement is false. It's like, but wait a minute. Okay, if I believe you, then that's true. But if your statement is true, then what you said originally is, is not accurate. You said this statement is false. But if that's true, now it's not false. Now it's true. But if the statement is true, then what you said at first was accurate. So actually, uh, 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 no, if it is true, um, then what you said at first is false, <laughs> but that which makes it accurate again, right? Anyway, paradoxes. Um, so time to laugh. Anyway, uh, and also like you know you could say like newspaper headlines like, oh the Queen is to meet the the Prime Minister of the Moon. You know? So like Queen to meet Moon Prime Minister. You know Moon PM whatever. Um, uh, that'd be quite a headline. Um, so time to laugh, like time is to laugh, you know, time is to laugh at 3 p.m. today, um, like newsflash, um, but also time, like the character in, this, in the little poem story, like time asked me a question, so almost like time is going to laugh at the end, like aha, good work human, good work my son, you figured it out, haha, let's laugh together, um, and also like finding the time to laugh, the person going like, oh yeah, haha, like yeah, let's understanding wisdom and the balance of things being like yeah okay cool 
no worries. I accept all these things um, that perhaps I had previously fled. So finally, one more time, you and me together have done this. Uh, so time to laugh. Time asked me a question, but I had to run away. So long, sweet sucker, said the end of my days. My own doom was talking to itself in verse, cursed by innocence to drive the midwife's hearse, and never know nor forget just how much shall be remembered at the rising sunset, when the will of youth dies to live the life of laughter, to realise it was only who am I. Cool. And then, just for, for fun, I'll put the date, and then that way I'll know. Hey, I wrote this when I was 14, or whatever it was, you know. Um, I wrote this when I was 264 in dog years. Um, what date is it? 14th? Yeah. The 14th of the 7th, 2022 AD. Anno Domine, the year of our Lord. Um, by which I mean, um, which Lord am I talking about? I think Ned Stark, I'm pretty sure. And then you put the thing around it and the book goes back to its mystical location. Um, so, okay, so there we've gone through some poetry that I admire and appreciate, like shared with you. Um, and then we talked, kind of talked about my thoughts of what poetry is and um, the type or kind of like, yeah, like why it's I think it's important and why, you know, what I think it can do for us, um, what we can do for it. Don't think what poetry can do for you, but what you can do for poetry. Whoa. And if you think about it in terms of like the bigger meaning of poetry, like beauty, existential, infinite, cosmic beauty, incarnated in your own special way. Make your life your own little poem. Live life like an artwork. If you can be beautiful, or if you can be more or less beautiful, depending on your choices, not just in terms of physical beauty, but like more importantly, uh, in terms of like, uh, emotional or like the beauty of your story and the way you live and uh, which will reflect itself in physical beauty I think you know you'll be if you're living a more on point life of wisdom you're probably gonna be healthier and you'll, you'll be regardless probably shining kind of glowing with a certain aura I think but um but yeah just to to live a be a beautiful person in the sense of you know there's goodness truth and beauty which are you know, certain people like Einstein and other people, whatever, have said, like, not just him, but more traditionally as well. I think the ethic of, like, these three things, was it traditional Christian thing? I'm not sure. But, like, uh, that these are kind of these principles, positive principles. Um, but beauty is kind of interesting because good is like, oh, yeah, know what's right and wrong and live according to it. True, know what's right and wrong in the other sense of, so, um, not good and bad, but um, true and false. So, you know, um, but for both of those two meanings of right and wrong. So that handles good and true, managing them and incorporating that, integrating that and embodying that in your life. But then beauty, what's going on there? It's kind of like some holy ghosts and stuff. It's like, huh, I don't, hmm, I, I don't really know. But I think poetry seems like the gateway. And um, so just kind of embodying something that kind of calls forth that sacred emotion in us, whatever that is. Uh, and so, yeah, you can live according to that and your life will be a poem.
and uh, I'm sure everyone else will be very grateful for you sharing your poetry. And uh, you could also actually literally write poetry and put it in the comments for me. So uh, do I have anything else to say? Ah, uh, yes. The sweetest poetry of all. Oh, I'll <laughs> perfect. All right. I'll end with uh, this rather apt, seemingly pre-scheduled by someone, uh, poem um, by me called uh, The Holy Grail. Alchemy, actually, my the book I'm hoping to get published, which is uh, I Am, like A-Y-E, another play on words. I Am, like yes to existence. I, 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 Captain, say yes to existence. Like yes, you know, surrender, spiritual victory through surrender um, and awakening, um, going with the flow. Uh, um, but also uh, I Am which is the basis of spirituality, like, um, who am I? I am. Before I am Jamie, I am male. I am Australian. I am Irish. I am a teacher. I am a poet. I am uh, whatever, anything. Um, I am. Deeper than all these things is just that I exist. And that's the, very close to consciousness. And in the Bible, I think it was said, I am that I am. But, you know, or the thing like before Jesus saying, I think, uh, before Abraham was, I am. Just like, whoa, you know, temporal um, dislocation there of like the timeless dimension. Anyway, I am being very close to just like who we are, just the, the soul and the mysterious, inexplicable, ineffable, inevitable, uh, wonderful uh, presence of you and me, whatever that is, and who cares. So and now, so I began, I mentioned um, my first poem I said was Alchemy, which is uh, the beginning of the, the book, and then this is the last one, right? Um, the Holy Grail. The answer is not to question the view from the giant's shoulder. Nothing is so beautiful as silence. <laughs>